Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. everyone to the spotlight shout out to big dick mlj for the intro as always and shout out to gisberto for our thumbnail for this show i'm jeremy lambert that is steven jensen we are here to talk about all the news in the world of wrestling it is thursday march 2nd jensen how you doing buddy doing good tired but looking forward to talking about some wrestling thank you to everyone who joined us they are joining us this morning uh at a 8 30 a.m start time a little a little earlier today but um, but I'm doing good, man. How about you? Well, I'm a little under the weather. I've been a little under the weather all week. But, you know, it's Revolution Week. It's it's a pay-per-view week. I have no time to be sick when everything is going on in the world of wrestling. It never slows. It never stops. So I ain't got time to be sick, Jensen. I got, I got too many too much stuff to do. We got Tony Khan talking to the media. 
uh, later on today at three. It's called a media briefing, but it's going to last about two hours. So I don't think it's going to be very brief at all. Uh, got to cover that. We want a show right after this with SV3 as well. No time to be sick. That's it. No time. No time for this nonsense. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a busy time of year. We got Revolution this weekend. And of course, WrestleMania is right around the corner. So yeah, you got to be healthy, man. You got a lot of work to do. Can't be healthy with kids. Kids, they just bring shit in all the time. Like you don't know what they're what they're doing. They just come. They just come home. They bring something with them. Some type of germ with them. My immune system sucks. It ain't strong enough to fight this stuff that they bring in. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that. Luckily, but um, I shouldn't say luckily. Like I, you know what I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's not something I have to deal with. I just have to keep myself healthy. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. But uh. But yeah, man, I, I we got a lot of good stuff to talk about on today's show. Um, obviously, we got Revolution coming up, so we're going to talk a lot about that. We got a lot of WrestleMania stuff coming up. We're going to see uh, how Triple H's booking has been heading into WrestleMania. Has Vince had any influence, like people think? What is going on with The Fiend? Bray Wyatt, we'll talk about that. Um, I'll address some enemies, I'm sure, this episode, so it should be fun. You're always addressing enemies. You got a lot of enemies. Why Why do you have so many enemies, Jensen? I really don't. There's just like a few. And like there's uh they, they happen to have very loud fan bases. So that's that's really just it makes it seem like there's more enemies than there are. But really, there isn't. Uh, I feel like you got a lot. I, I feel like you just make enemies every single episode. Mm. I don't know. You're just an unlikable person, it seems. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh let's let's get into it here i guess in a, in a second we'll get into it guys we have an interview with ashley and cosplay uh later on around 10 p.m or 10 p.m uh 10 a.m eastern she is uh she's a Fortnite creator actually that's how jensen discovered her and uh but she's also a big time wrestling fan big time cosplay person she she's done a cody roach jacket she's done charlotte flair robes uh really fascinating interview in the world of cosplay and just a uh, content creation in general her story of how she got into pro wrestling one of my favorite stories that yeah. we, that we've heard on this show uh just really great story so stay tuned for that at 10 a.m eastern until then you can leave a super chat you can leave a thumbs up on this video support the show support the channel however you can let's get into it jensen you want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a wwe superstar wwe superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler so instead of spotlighting one certain wwe topic this week we're going to kind of look at an overarching topic and that is triple h's booking going into WrestleMania because the card is pretty much taking shape here. Uh, we know Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns is going to be a main event on night one. We don't know a main event for night two or, or that's going to main event night two. We don't know the main right. event for night one. We you know Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley is, is obviously an option. There's also what we presume will be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos. That's a story. We had Becky Lynch and Lita win the women's tag team titles on Monday. It looks like they could face Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. It looks like we could get Bailey and Trish Stratus at WrestleMania. Other matches we kind of know but aren't fully confirmed just yet. We have Seth Seth Rollins, I was about to say Seth Paul. Seth Rollins against Logan Paul, uh Edge against Finn Balor, Omos against Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt against Bobby Lashley. Uh those have not been officially official. We have Bianca Belair and against Asuka as well. That one is official. Um so those are the matches that look pretty set in stone for WrestleMania. 
And everyone was very excited going into WrestleMania season to see what Triple H would do. It was the new regime. Triple H, how's he going to book WrestleMania? Long-term storytelling. Here we go. What are we thinking here, Jensen? Where are you at on Triple H's booking going into WrestleMania? Actually, I'm I'm excited for WrestleMania. Obviously, the big thing for me is hopefully seeing Cody beat Roman for the title. Like, I'm very much looking forward to, to all of that. But, like, on top of that, like, I think Charlotte and Rhea is going to be really good. I think Bianca and Oscar is going to be, like, really, really good. Like, I think that's going to be <clears throat> maybe one of the best matches of, of either show, honestly. I, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I personally, a lot of people aren't going to like hearing this. I personally love the booking of Omos and Lashley. The only thing I don't like about, or sorry, Omos and Lesnar. But the only thing I don't like about Omos being in this position, the only thing, I think we talked about it on last week's show, I don't like how Strowman has beaten him, how Strowman kind of dominated him in the Rumble, and how he's lost to Lashley in the past. Like I feel like if Omos was undefeated going into this, it there's a lot more doubt. Because I, I, I pretty strongly believe that Brock's going to beat him pretty quick at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the, the visual here is like watching him throw a man around the ring that big. And then like hit an F5 on a dude that big. And it's just like, you know, um, so, and then there's also like all the things people are saying about how like Omos versus Brock is a, is a Vince McMahon call and all that kind of stuff. So that gets everything stirred up too. But, uh, the, yeah, so this kind of leads me to, to answer your question, I think the booking has been good. I, I like I like the Owens and Zayn versus uh, uh, Usos, all, all that, the Bloodline story. I think that should main event night one, by the way. I really do think that tag match should main event. Nothing against the women, obviously. Like, I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. I'm obviously fine with her main eventing whenever. But because um, I think that's what a lot of people would probably say. They'd be like, well, if you're going to do the tag team match main event at night one, like what about Charlotte and Rio? What about Bianca and Oscar? Like those are two world title matches that, you know, one of them should main event in WrestleMania. I understand that argument. I I, I get it. Um, I just feel like the bloodline story has has been more important to like the overall grand scheme of like the WWE product for so long that, I feel like the bloodline should probably just main event both nights just because of what it what it meant to the company for the last you know three years or whatever the story's been going on. Um then once again, that doesn't mean like Oscar and Bianca aren't gonna have an absolute banger. Like they can open WrestleMania. I think that's still really opening WrestleMania is a really good spot to be as well. Like the opening match and the closing match, you just don't want to be like second. And that's like Jericho's talked about that plenty. Him and Owens going second was like part of his his contributing factors to leaving the company when he did. But like so um, we're shipping away here. Like everything is looking good. And then you get to, uh, to this Lashley and, and Bray Wyatt stuff. And I think it's hilarious. Cause you know, it's being reported. So was reported by Fightful um, that Brock Lesnar personally kiboshed that. Like they like, they, they apparently wanted to do Brock versus uh, versus Bray. And Brock was like, I like I said on this show over and over again, like he's not trying to play with puppets. He's not, Selling for Uncle Howdy. Like, it, I never saw that happening in my head. I'm like, I cannot picture Brock Lesnar in a spooky magic storyline with Bray Wyatt. I just don't see it happening. Um, and it's not. And it sounds like that's probably Brock's reason. Like, he's probably the reason why. Um, so, yeah, I wanted your thoughts on this before I, like, you know, really start to, you know, you know go off So, let's, let's dive into the, the Brock stuff. Because we did talk about it last week when it seemed pretty certain they were going Brock and Omos. And I was very fired up for for Brock and Bray because I wanted to see Brock mm-hmm. so 
that stuff. I wanted to see, I didn't think he was going to like feign horror or anything. I thought he was just going to laugh it off and rip shit up. And I thought it'd be just be hilarious to go that direction. And Brock didn't even want to do that. You know, there were the reports that they were supposed to work together in 2016 i mean it was set up at the rumble for them to work and there were the reports that this was that was brock suggested that he wanted to work with bray obviously a different bray wyatt presentation that was a much more serious bray wyatt he had the wyatt family with him there was less there was still the spooky elements in it but less over the top and uh really supernatural goofy elements that bray has in there now and bray I mean, through some fault of his own and through fault of just his overall creative direction, he's been taken less serious over the years because of the stuff that he's been doing. People kind of laugh at the Fiend stuff. People I mean, people look back at, at that kind of stuff, the, the Firefly Funhouse, and they're like, this is hokey. This is corny. I don't want any parts of this. Roman Reigns has said, like, I don't, I don't want to do that kind of stuff. Like, that stuff ain't really for me. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins has, has talked about how that stuff in Hell in a Cell, like he wasn't happy with it. So Bray's credibility when it comes to that stuff, a lot of people just don't want to do it. A lot of people don't want to get caught up in that universe. And Brock, this is reported to uh, reported by Fightful and, and Sean Ross Sapp. Um, where, where is it at of everything that that is said here? So we we had Gunther and Brock was a, was on the kind of docket that was that was reported uh, a couple months ago, it seemed like that may have been a direction. They had the square off in the Rumble. Uh, Austin was pitched as a as an opponent for Brock, but Austin declined um, to do that. Um, and then it says we're not ne- we're not sure necessarily when Bray Wyatt was pitched for a possible uh, opponent for WrestleMania, but he was mentioning it recently in his Elimination Chamber. Sources familiar with the situation claim Brock had himself nixed the idea, though we weren't given the specifics as to why. I know Meltzer said on his show today that the direction seemed like it was going to be Brock beating Lashley at Elimination Chamber and then going for Bray at WrestleMania because Bray did that promo on the SmackDown before Elimination Chamber. And it did, like the DQ finish at Elimination Chamber, I think everybody thought something was up there of like, oh, why they do DQ? And I think they should have pivoted and just done brock and lashley again at wrestlemania run that back but because they did the bray promo on on friday they couldn't they couldn't get out of that they'd already teased that he was going to face the winner so it seemed like if and when brock's nicks this idea it was between that promo and then elimination chamber which didn't give them a whole lot of time to reshuffle things which is how we're ending up with what we're ending up with here i'm not putting this on fully on triple h for okay well now he's got to do bray and lashley when it looked like the the idea was going to be bray and brock bray and lashley it's not it's not hitting with me i like lashley i like the goofiness of bray a lot of that stuff makes me pop uh he just he brought back the muscle man dance did that whole thing his little vignette that he did last friday on smackdown was uh, you know channel surfing type of thing i thought there may have been a forbidden door reference he talked mm-hmm. about you know the door opening oh no and then he had the new mask and all this stuff like all right lashley's not the guy he just doesn't this isn't the stuff i see bobby lashley and i don't want to see bobby lashley in. that's where that's my problem with it and i understand you feel the same way about this isn't the stuff you want to see brock lesnar in and you or, don't see or lashley i literally said like when i was giving my examples all the week i was like you can 
trade the names Lashley and Lesnar, however you want to. Like you can, yeah. it's the same, the same idea for me when it comes to him. That either of them against Bray, yeah. And, and that's fair. Like I saw Brock as more of like he can laugh it off and he can just kind of have fun and almost just destroy shit, just wreck shit. And I guess Lashley can do the same thing, but they're not presenting it that way. They're presenting it very, very weird. And I, I assume I don't know this for certain. I assume that they had a different direction for it if it was Brock Lesnar. And they probably, honestly, they should have just done the same thing that they would have done with Brock. They should have just done that shit with Lashley. And if this is what they were going to do with uh, Brock of, hey, let's do the muscle man dance. And then Lashley has to look up there confused, like, oh, these mind games are really getting to me. Like, oh, man, what's he going to do next? Then that, that shit wouldn't have worked with Brock either. And I can understand why Brock was like, nah. I ain't doing, I ain't doing that. Let me, let me do MVP segments. Let me do VIP lounge. Let me toss around Omos. Like I'll do that. But yeah, if this was their idea for Bray and Brock and they were going to present it the same way, that wouldn't have hit with me either. I want Brock going in there destroying shit. I want Lashley going in there destroying shit. I don't need him selling for the muscle man dance. But no, I agree. I mean, even like Lashley cut a promo beforehand, which I, said last week i was like it's gonna be even funnier because bobby's not a good promo and and he's always been better off with the manager whether it's mvp or, or leo rush or whoever like it's so he cuts his promo before all this happens where he's like i don't play little kid games it's like but then not you are though like you you play little kid games you get little little kid prizes i guess i mean because like that's you you're playing little kid games and you get to watch little kid prizes on the screen you get to watch the muscle man dance which is just not fun the thing with bray wyatt i mean there's so much so many layers to it but like none of this goes anywhere or if it does it goes to the same place which isn't good for anybody like you get into a story with this guy you lose your credibility either Bray has to win to protect his own character or if he loses and loses credibility for the character. So like, it's a lose, lose every time Bray wrestles. It's a lose, lose every time someone has to wrestle him. Cause you're always coming out of the feud worse off than you were when you went into it. Um, and so like Lashley, I'm sure knows that. And he's like, I mean, I, it's, it's just a really bad, like the, the break, like the muscle man dance stuff. Okay, like I'm very aware of like Tim and Eric Awesome Show, and even before that, I watched uh, Tom Goes to the Mayor with, from those guys. I'm very aware of those guys. I'm, I'm aware of MDE and, and, and old H3H3 videos. I'm very, I've, I've, I like that type of like weird comedy and stuff like that. Like the like I get the Adult Swim type stuff. I, I totally get that, but <clears throat> it doesn't work at all for for anything he does with this because it doesn't ever go anywhere. It doesn't make any sense. The stories don't make sense. The, the 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 he just talks in circles in his promos. Every promo you can just apply to anybody. Like it's never spe- really specific to anybody. The Muscle Man dance isn't funny. He's used it before. Um, it's just not good. Like I don't like it's. Once again, I always have to like relate it to. Like, if I was like ten years old, like I get like I, I I, and I also have to understand like most of the audience probably is. Is it's. Like, so, but I have to give you my honest opinion of like, is this good go for like kids though? Like, do, do kids the only, enjoy this? The old pass. Oh, sorry, Jeremy, you, 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 uh, you froze for just a second. I mean, to cut you off. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, they, uh, the reason I give it a pass potentially for that is because I've said it before when I got into wrestling as a kid, 
the Dungeon of Doom was like that was the the scary team that like it. I loved that story when I was a little kid. As an adult, the Dungeon of Doom versus Hulkamania story is looked at as like one of the worst storylines ever. But through the, the eyes of a six year old, it's not hot. It's not hot. Yeah, like exactly. But as a kid, I thought the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan was the the top heel in wrestling history because it's like all I knew as a kid watching WCW. You know, so like, so I get I get it from that perspective, but. You know, everyone's always talking about Bray being this creative genius and stuff. And it's like, there's a fine line between being a genius and just just not, and, and just, I like I said before, it's like, I don't want to call the guy a moron because I don't think he's actually like a stupid person. But I just, I don't think that, like when he left the first time, everyone was like, oh, Vince just didn't get it. Like Vince just didn't get it. He didn't understand, like. And then, like, Bray took all this time off and, like, apparently was courted by Impact and didn't want to go, which I get. But, like, you know, AEW made strong plays towards him. There was all those rumors he was going to lead the Dark Order and and all these things. And <clears throat> in hindsight, he really should – well, I shouldn't say. I wouldn't have wanted him to come doing any of this kind of stuff in AEW. But, <clears throat> you know, it's just one of those things where, like, he's back. I feel like it's, this, it's the same, if not worse. Because now there's like two of them running around. There's this Uncle Howdy clone doing his moves and jumping off stuff and missing people and, and fireworks go off. It, it's it, so you get like double the Bray. And do you have the picture, by the way, that I sent you of, of yeah. oh, you guys, y'all got to see this. So this, this feeds right into what I've been talking about this whole time. People are like, oh, what if Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel involved in this? Like, what a great story that would be. There you go. We already got the prelude to it. Forgot that this, this even happened. Um, long-term to, storytelling, Jensen. Long-term storytelling. This is the type of storytelling that Bray Wyatt does, to be completely honest, because a lot of his storytelling is quote-unquote long, long-term storytelling um, that makes absolutely no sense that nobody can pick up on, that only he understands, that nobody cares enough to deep dive into except for their, the hardcore, hardcore fans. The QR code stuff was interesting. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, whoever's idea that was, I'll give them credit for that. But this whole, like, just the rest, just all of it, just the, like, if if they make reference to what we just showed you, and that's a big payoff for who Uncle Howdy is, that's not good. That's not a good payoff. That, then what? Then Bo Dallas is involved? Who cares? Like, and that's just how I feel about all of Bray's stuff at this point. Who cares? Like, I'm not here for the goofiness. I'm not here for the stupid fake magic. He doesn't have good matches. The the, the Eli Knight He doesn't Knight have match. any matches. He's well, had the one Eli match. Knight, the Eli <laughs> oh, LA Knight. The LA Knight match or whatever. Like, that was pathetic. I thought it was hilarious. Because, like, I don't give much, like, weight into star ratings. I don't really care about all that. But I thought it was hilarious that Dave Meltzer didn't even give that one star. And it didn't deserve one star. Like, that was, it was pathetic. That was terrible. A terrible television. Not even just pro wrestling. Just bad television. Like, so it's and Ace Shook says or Ace Shock says Stephen does not believe. LOL. I actually liked Bo Dallas. It's just who, it's just the perception of him. He was always a jobber in the WWE system. If he came back, you really think people would, a very small percentage of Bray Wyatt stands would be like, they finally put them together. Oh my god, it happened. They're brothers, and now they're together on the show. So what? Like so what? That it, it doesn't make any of this good. It actually makes it worse. If you, oh, so yeah, I'm almost done. I'm almost done venting. So, but I, dude, I, I, it's just, it's just really bad. And and I'm, I'm seeing more and more people online that are agreeing with this now. 
before I would get like a lot more hate on it. Now, when I go on Twitter, I'm seeing people like, I see like this whole debate the other day where it was like, it seemed like at least half the people really didn't like the Bray Wyatt stuff, thought it was terrible. And then you still have your Bray Wyatt stands who are going to stand by his side no matter what, that are just blindly just love the guy for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, once again, this isn't like a call to get fired. This isn't, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. I'm just saying none of this is good. And it's, we've been here before. This is going to hurt Lashley. Whether Lashley wins or loses, Lashley's going to come out of this worse than he went into it. Um, and Bray Wyatt's going to stay the same. Whether he wins or loses, his next feud, he'll talk about the same BS that makes no sense. Cut weird promos, do weird, play with puppets, and then have another match that sucks. So there you go. I hope this leads to the reformation of the Hurt Business. And I don't, uh, I don't know if that's if that's how they can get there. But you know, that's the Wyatt Six, even though he only has one member right now. That's my issue with with Bray. By the way, I like, I admittedly like the Bray Wyatt stuff in a mm. uh, ironic way of that it pops me. I think it's goofy. I don't take it serious. It doesn't offend me in any way. I understand it's part of the television show. I think it's fun. I think it's dumb fun. Would I enjoy it if I didn't see it that way? Probably not. I can understand why people just don't like it and don't, it doesn't have a place in, in wrestling. But his matches, the, the very few that he has are not good. Uh, the LA night match was not good. I can't name you many good Bray Wyatt matches. That's you have to go back to Danielson in like 2013. That's like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or them versus the Shield. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that, that was 10 years ago. Right. So the, the matches aren't good. I get that. I, and I understand why people don't like Bray Wyatt. I like the goofy over the topness. That shit is hilarious to me. I don't think there's been enough of that in this. I do think the biggest knock I have on all of this is, is the storytelling element, because I thought we would actually get something out of this. And that's, that's on me. Like I thought it would actually <laughs> lead to something and it would go somewhere. And you, you, I just popped you with by saying. No, it's so funny. <laughs> That's just so funny. Like, it's on me. Like it's, I, it's it on is. Me. It's on me for yeah. like believing in any of yeah. this for believing. Yeah. Um, but like I thought it would go somewhere. I I thought like when he came back when they did the QR codes. I liked the the first promo that he did where he's like, "This is just me talking." Because we didn't know. Okay, is this Bray Wyatt talking? Is this a new character type thing? Like I thought that was good. So. I liked that. I thought the Uncle Howdy stuff was like, eh, sure. I'll give it a shot. Let's see where it goes. And then like Uncle Howdy wasn't his friend, but now he is his friend. And now they're a lot. And like, does he have mind control over Uncle Howdy? Does Uncle Howdy have mind control? Like, it's just, it's so messy. It's so messy. And now he's got a new mask and everything. And I just don't know where, like where any of it leads. I actually think, and I mean this 100% serious. I think Bray Wyatt is better off if nothing leads to a match. If he doesn't have to lead to any type of match, I understand people might might not like that as like, oh, it's a wrestling show. You need wrestling matches. No, fuck all that. Do your stupid uh, cinematic matches. Like, give me your movie making and everything. Because I think when you have to build towards a actual wrestling match, it hurts all of it. Because I don't know if Bray knows how to tell a great story through a wrestling match. And I think that's one of the issues is I don't think he can tell a story through like wins and losses because he has to win. He has to win these matches. 
And so I don't know if he necessarily needs to win these matches. The best stuff someone said in our chat, like, was the Cena thing because, yeah, Cena lost, but he just like disappeared and everything. Right. And that wasn't like and, a real match. Like, that was right, like a story that they just, right. Yeah. Right. Because right. Cena could just like disappear for however long. And, and that was that. Like, that's, that's why I thought that worked so well. I think Bray works if like you don't need to have seeing somebody pin, pinned, or him pinned. And, and lose like that i think it works better if you just can do a cinematic thing and the ending can just be someone gets killed like that's how it be you know what they should have done legitimately his first feud with la night or whatever the first feud should have been with maxim male models who are fantastic by the way i love this dumb shit they're doing with otis it should have been with maxim male models with la night whatever is maxine max dupree it should have been with him, and he should have killed Max Dupree, and then L.A. Knight comes back. That's a way that should have been the yeah. first feud. And yeah. You don't have to pin anybody. Nobody has to take a loss there. Should have just murdered him. Lean into the murder like Impact does. Impact does that great, by the way. That's why it would have fit in Impact. But that I think that's the best stuff for Bray is like he can't tell a story. He seemingly can't tell a story through an actual wrestling match. But at, because it's pro wrestling, you've got to have a wrestling match. And so they try to they try to um, they, they try to protect it with different gimmicks and everything. But all that does is make it worse. So don't lead to a wrestling match. Lead to one of your cinematic things and tell your story through that. That that's what I that's what I would have done with Bray. It's not. I mean, that's not a bad idea at all, honestly. Like all that makes complete sense. Um, like so, basically, your scenario. Bray feuds with somebody, but like it's always just some sort of cin- cinematic match, something that's cut together to where you never has to get, actually get in the ring, but you have some sort of payoff. Because even then, like you could have Bray Wyatt like lose a cinematic match if like you know enough crazy stuff happens, you know, right, like, enough stuff blows million, up or whatever. He's got a million fucking characters. I mean, I tweeted this jokingly uh, a while ago, of like you know, Roman can't lose. Um, Roman can't lose both titles because he can't lose night one and then lose night two because it, it takes away something from a night with a night uh two victory and things like that i was like bray you don't have this problem with bray if he was the champion lose the sammy night one lose the cody night two he shows up on raw completely new character like nothing happens that's honestly sort of a brilliant part of bray is like he can actually take losses because he can just show up like nothing happened as a new character type thing. It's like, oh, this is great storytelling work. But this is why he can lose these cinematic stuff. And he should honestly, he could kind of lose these matches. But he could, Uncle Howdy could have taken the fucking pit in, in the Rumble match. Honestly, I just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then Bray is disappointed in Uncle Howdy. There are so many ways out of Bray actually like of losing these matches. That is a better storytelling than him winning. Because most of the time when he wins, the loser one loses and then it acts like it, it's not like la night is just lost yeah we're moving on yeah, yeah. like yeah. just nothing comes out of that bright either has got to lose these matches which they don't want to do because they they think it hurts some type of credibility or he should just have cinematic matches where you can write it out however you want to write it out yeah i completely agree with you and by the way i completely agree with what you said earlier about <clears throat> uh, them like changing plans, I think between the Bray promo and uh, Elimination Chamber. Like I really do feel that how that's how it feels to me. Also, like I really feel like they they had to scramble and Brock kiboshed it like not not long before 
the chamber. And that's why they had to do the, the low blow finish and everything because they needed Lashley to win the match, but they didn't want them to actually beat Lesnar, but they needed it to be Lashley because they've already teased that, that Ray is going to face the winner. So Lashley technically won and stuff like that. So like, I, I think you're right on the money with all of that, by the way. Um, I guess pretty much everything you're saying, like, I'm actually kind of surprised. I expected you to defend Bray Wyatt more, but it sounds like you're actually, I mean, you're agreeing with, with me. I mean, we, we agree on all these things. Um, I look, I will, I will go over the top with my own gimmick of um, praising Bray Wyatt and how Bray pops me and everything. I will completely, I'll, I'll lean into that bit as much as possible, but we're going to have a real discussion about this. If he's popping me, he's popping me. The shit he's doing right now ain't popping me. So I'm not going to act like, uh, you know, I, this is the best shit in the world because I don't think it is. Like, this stuff he's doing, just it does not pop me at all. And honestly, like, for the most of this run, it has. I like the lights out Mountain Dew pitch black shit because it was just a kind of a meaningless feud. No offense, but it's a harmless feud against LA Knight. And it was that. Like, we're talking WrestleMania now. Like, if you're going to mess with WrestleMania stuff, you got to do last year or two years ago when he has Orton foaming from the mouth and he's doing all the shit with Alexa and stuff. I understand people didn't like that. Pop me. Muscle Man, man, dance. I've already seen all that. The the acting like you're channel surfing. New mask. None of that shit pops me. Does it? So I'm not going to yeah. act like it does. That's good. I like that you're being real about that. Because like I've said before, like... I'm very I, real, Steven Jensen. Yeah. I'm a real person. Keep it real, um, dude. Because I've said before, like back in 2013, that that kind of era of Bray, I thought was was great. Though the Waylon Mercy, uh, backwards cult leader thing. But I, we just got to keep it. We got to rem- remember, like that that was a gimmick that already existed. That that WWF had already tried, and they basically just repurposed it. And and Bray did it, and did it like way better, and like took it to another level with the Wyatt family, and all that stuff was I thought was really really good. But, you know, ever since I've seen, like, what his his version of creativity is, it just seems like it's this. Like, this is this is the mind of Bray Wyatt. And if this is the mind of Bray Wyatt, like, this just isn't, it just isn't good. Like, I'm, I'm done pretending like it is. I defended the guy for a really long time. Um, I just, I just can't anymore. It's just not, it just seems like, it just seems super unproductive. It just seems like it's a step backwards for everyone who gets involved. Like, Seth Rollins finally recovered, but, like, he took a massive hit after that Hell in a Cell match and stuff. Like, I mean, it was, it was, They screwed that up by by putting, just like, oh, we got to put Bray in the title program. Because, look, The Fiend, when he made his SummerSlam entrance, that was great. But Bray, again, a guy who just doesn't need the title. The title's just going to hurt you. I don't think he can tell stories through wrestling matches. Or they don't know how to tell stories through wrestling matches and feuds like that. With him, so you just got to tell the stories through the cinematic stuff and through vignettes and movies and everything. And you got to find guys who are willing and able to do that. Like that's why I said the LA Knight stuff. I actually thought that was a good fodder for him because LA Knight can do that kind of stuff. I thought it would have made more sense with Maxim Male Models, Bobby Lashley. It only makes sense if Lashley is going to destroy stuff. And may, again, maybe this leads to the Hurt Business reuniting. Brock, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. I was willing to give it a shot because Brock pops me and destroy shit. Like you just gotta find guys who tell stories also through more of just promos and vignettes that it, more than it was gonna go out there and have matches and stuff. Because he can't he can't tell stories through matches. Yeah, for sure. I see Dial F for film in the chat. He was a good dude. I, I he he's in the chat all, often with uh, the show that I do with Doug. 
um big bray wyatt fan and like i think he's like this is a very this is very fair like says i'll never stop supporting bray because i think he has all the potential to be one of the best special attractions in wrestling but i'm also honest what he's doing right now is terrible i i think that that's a very fair way of looking at it um people can you know agree or disagree on like whether they think his like in ring work is good or whatever like that's all complete opinion but in all, I mean, all of this is opinion. There are going to be people who like everything that we're talking about not liking. And I, and I understand that. And I respect that. That's okay. Um, it's just, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough that y'all want me to talk about my opinion on these shows and like my opinion, my personal opinion of what's going on with this guy and his stories and what he does on the show. I just think it hurts everything. And it's just, I just don't think it's good. Money Mart says, uh, wouldn't Bray and Edge be a better program? I actually think it would because I'm yeah. over this edge judgment day program that has gone on for a year now. Yeah. And I've seen edge lost in the, in the, I quit match to Balor. I understand it doesn't feel like it's going on that long because edge takes so much time off and everything. They should have wrapped this program a long time ago. I like Balor. I like the pieces in judgment day. I think Dominic Mysterio is way better than anybody wants to give him credit for as a personality right now. Edge, I do lean into Edge as a little bitch, uh, that bit and everything. Don't have an issue with Adam Copeland, the person. I don't need Edge on my TV the way he is on my TV, though. That That is, I just, I don't have a use for Edge in that way. I don't need to see these Edge matches, these overly long epics and everything. I'm not super excited for the Finn Balor match. I think Edge is another guy who would probably just rather make movies than kind of do wrestling matches and everything and probably would be better off doing some type of spooky Bray Wyatt program because Edge wants to do, hey, let me do a nostalgia callback with Gangrel. Get Gangrel on the phone. We're going to talk about him later on. He's facing our, facing our guy, Josh Bishop. But, like, get him. He'll come back. Get get him to do one of these vignettes. Get Christian to send in something. Work something out with Tony Khan. I know that's not going to happen. But, you know, Edge loves doing the nostalgia. They got Lita there. I don't know if you want to lean into that too much. But, like, they got the rated R superstar stuff you can do. Like, lean into that stuff. I think Edge... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'd much rather see an Edge and Bray program than what Edge is doing now and what Balor is doing with this whole thing and then what Bray's doing now too. That's I think this has been a miss under the Triple H era too is the the Judgment Day and, and Edge. I got no use for this feud. Yeah, to me it kind of seems like that because Triple H took over like, you know, while that story was taking place already and I feel like this could be me just making excuses for Triple H and I could be totally wrong about this, but I just kind of feel like his, like his, his Finn Balor is, you know, the NXT Finn Balor that was so successful and like the fiend or the fiend, the demon and all that stuff. And I feel like Triple H has to want to go back to like cool guy Finn. I just have to imagine, especially with, um, with like Cody coming in, like the story you could tell between those two potentially, if Jay White came in, like you want like the cool guy, Balor Club, Balor guy, in my opinion, right now. Um, you don't want this like <clears throat> nothing against the color purple. I, I'm I'm the fan. I'm, I'm Minnesota Vikings fan. I wear, I wear purple often, but I don't need the like purple scarf version of of Finn of like this 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 guy who's just like a member of this group that just isn't clicking to me like the Dominic stuff I will admit I think he's he's pulled it off like way better than I expected he would and they they really leaned into the whole prison thing and the how they, the tongue-in-cheek how goofy it is I I I actually really like where they're out with Dom personally I, I do um but like I so I feel like Triple H kind of took over this version of Finn Balor and it's like okay how do we get him back to cool guy Finn but we also have to wrap up this whole Judgment Day thing because this thing isn't really clicking so well, Finn am, said they're gonna. My voice is cracked. Uh, <laughs> Finn said they're gonna add to Judgment Day uh, after WrestleMania. So I don't know. That's what he said on the bump. I don't know if he's just talking shit, throwing shit out there, or if like this is maybe an actual plan. Because Santos Escobar said they were gonna add to uh, Legado del Fantasma at the start of the year, and like they knew they'd barely been on TV. Santos is kind of tied with Ray, but like the rest of them, we ain't seen them seemingly in in forever. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Um, but I I just kind of feel like they're gonna wrap up the Judgment Day. I think that Edge is gonna beat Balor at WrestleMania. Something will happen where the group will implode either right there on the spot or like at Raw the next night or something. The rest of them might turn on on Finn or something because like Damian Priest feels lost in the mix. Rhea Ripley has like bigger and better things going on. Ripley Dominant. should win at Mania, by the way. What's that? Rhea should win at Mania. Um, I'm going to still go with Charlotte. I know that's an unpopular prediction, but like, I, I don't pick against Charlotte on pay-per-view. It really doesn't matter who it's against. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like, I, I trust her. I wouldn't, I, I'm fine with Rhea wins. Like Rhea's, they've done a good job building her and she's like, she deserves a big spot. I'm totally, I'm, I'm fine with either. I'm fine with, I'm fine with either outcome in either women's match. Cause I like all four women a lot, but, um, but my whole point, once again, Rhea's on to bigger and better things. Dominic, is in an interesting spot because I think he should remain paired with Rhea. Cause I think that that's a really interesting fun dynamic of her kind of like wearing the pants in their relationship. I, I, I like that. It's just different. 
Um, and so I'd keep the two of them together probably. And I'd have Damien do something new. Um, and then Balor needs to like take some time off maybe and like come back as like bullet bullet club version of, of Finn Balor again or whatever. But um, I just kind of feel like the edge and, and Finn Balor thing at WrestleMania has to lead to the judgment day finally just being over. Well, they're going to do, here's what you do. They're going to do Dominic and Ray at WrestleMania. That that seems on track for that. And I think this has been a good story, by the way. I think they've paced it well. I love the uh, holiday vignettes that they do on social media where Rhea and Dom are crashing Valentine's Day and New Year's and everything with Ray. I think they've done a good job with this story. And I, I don't know how good the match is going to be. Dominic, as a, as a wrestler, not the, the greatest in the world. Ray can still go. Ray is still awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine. I'd have Dominic win that match because I, I just think Dominic kind of needs that more. And I need Dominic to win. And then I assume Finn's probably going to lose the edge. And then Dominic takes over Judgment Day and he's the leader and he becomes just like drunk with this power and him Rhea wins the, the women's title. They just become this power couple who are just like throwing it in everybody's faces. I beat Rey Mysterio. I ended his career. Rey can take time off. Rhea is the champion. They're, they're just complete power couple and just drunk with all this power and love and everything. That's what, uh, that's what I want. And then you can add uh, probably somebody else from there. You got priest is kind of a heater, for them maybe you add somebody else to replace finn yeah thomas said finn came out and said that and i mentioned this uh just a second ago they're gonna add to judgment day again i don't know if finn is just like saying shit to say shit because it's on the bump or like if this is an actual plan for them but finn did say that you know and maybe it's addition by subtraction maybe yeah i think finn should get kicked out you throw somebody else in there i don't know who what, what's bronson reed up to he ain't doing anything like you can, you can put boy, him yeah. in judgment day those have been misses under the triple Play era too is these guys have come back and there's seemingly no real plan for them and i'm not against i'm happy all these guys are back i'm happy they got good stable jobs again and everything and i didn't expect you know johnny gargano comes back and oh he's just gonna headline wrestlemania and everything like that that probably was never going to happen you need depth guys right you need you need the roster to just be filled out so you have guys in good positions but you have just extra talent so guys can take a night off so you're not seeing drew mcintyre on every pay-per-view you're not seeing these guys every week on TV. So you can cycle guys in and out. Uh, so I didn't mind all these guys coming back, but it seemingly didn't. There was no real plan for any of these guys. Loomis and Gargano have been going on forever. That's gone nowhere. Bronson's back and not really on TV after that. Uh, you know, Mustafa Ali, I think what they're doing with him can be interesting, but it's not consistent right now. So it, there's there's not a lot of consistency overall with triple h's booking we got a lot to talk about and we're running short on in time so that's my overall grade on triple h uh mania like the matches are going to be good all these wrestlers are very good some of the stuff is hitting with me some of the stuff not hitting with me uh we'll see where it all lands with everything but i think overall when it comes to triple h's stuff i think it's been inconsistent i guess i'd say inconsistent but i will say i've i've once again i mainly watched have just watched the pay-per-views and I've watched raw more recently because of Cody being back. I do like, I do like a good amount of what I'm watching on the show. Like it's a pretty, I, I, I got to give Triple H credit. It's better. It seems better than when Vince was solely in charge, but there's also clearly like Vince influence still on certain things. But I do, I do, 
I, I like I said, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. Like I I I think Triple H is doing a good job overall, but there is there are some misses. I definitely agree. Um and Thomas Scott says that with the reason most talent are doing things are held up is with one unified belt. Look, that's an issue. That's sure. an issue that hasn't been addressed. And I don't know how they're going to eventually address that after Cody wins at WrestleMania. I'd never want just them treating a title as meaningless. So I don't want Cody saying this universal title, don't care, do something with that. I never want that. You got to figure out a way to do it and to where it matters without somebody just casting aside like it's meaningless. How they do that, that's that's their issue that they got to figure out. And they got 300 writers who need to figure that out, probably quit sooner rather than later. Yeah, you take the WWE title, you put it in a trash can. You take the Universal title, you put it in a trash can. You take out the Winged Eagle Championship, you put it on your shoulder. You're the champion of the company and the brand split. Boom. I'm not, I mean, I don't want them tossing <laughs> titles in a trash can, but look, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I saw, I, I saw, I saw a really good uh, uh, photo that Cody retweeted. It was like someone had put together like a, it was like you know how people do fig photography with like their action figures. Right. It was a it was Cody's new WWE Elite figure with the winged eagle title on his shoulder and it was the the two title belts in a trash can that was burning like it was a burning trash can with cody holding like so you saw like the universal title like hanging out of the trash can and the wwe title was in there and there was flames coming out of the out of the trash can and cody's standing over it holding the winged eagle title and cody retweeted it i was like yeah hell yeah let's go could have just put one of the belts on Sami Zayn. you know that could have solved some issues all right let's move on to the next topic cowardly triple h would do that uh over a million fans uh and a great number in the demo tuned in and it was a great show and i think it's been a run of great shows aew revolution is on sunday and speaking of cowardly moves steven jensen i got a feeling that tony khan will be a coward and he will not put the belt on the fucking goat Brian Danielson. I was pumped after that promo last night. That was a hell of a promo by Danielson. Uh, I wish the crowd crowd popped big for MJF. I wish the crowd was a little bit more behind it. It seemed like they wanted to cheer MJF too much. That was disappointing. Man, Danielson was fired up. I was fired up for that promo. TBS are cowards for not letting him get away with the F word. Let the man say fuck at 10 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday and then watch people slap people in the face. That's fine, but mm-hmm. God forbid you say fuck. Well, it's funny because right after that, Young Sheldon comes on, which is so funny to me. It's like it's like pro wrestling, power slap, Young Sheldon. Like, what yeah. audience are they expecting to, like, carry over into Young Sheldon afterwards? I only know that because I, I, I watched Power Slap last night, admittedly, because it's, uh, you know, just on the TV. It's, it's the worst show on television. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Brian Danielson should win on Sunday that's that. That's that. I disagree. I think it's going to be MJF. I think MJF's run's got to be longer. Um, but dude, Danielson's—he's the man. I—I I totally get it. I totally get it. I—I—I I, I would, I would, I would have no problem with Brian Danielson being the AEW World Champion. They probably should have already done it, to be honest. Like that when when him and Moxley uh, went for the vacant title, it sh- he should have just won then. Um, but. Uh, I, yeah, I, if, if MJF wasn't so early on in his title reign, I would have more doubt about it. But because it's so new and because they're, they've worked this whole injury angle into it, they have like a like kind of an out on like why Danielson could lose this Iron Man match because of, of all the stuff that MJF has done to him leading up to the match. 
Uh, so yeah, but I saw you. I saw you titled this video. Brian Danielson has to win, or something like that. Brian Danielson um, should win. Yes, Danielson he should. should. Um, there's a lot of fans that agree with that, though. Honestly, like my timeline after yeah, after Dynamite, my timeline was all put it on American Dragon. Danielson should win. Blah blah. So I I know that there's a. I just don't see it happening with MJF being this this new to the to the title belt. But uh, it's not like he can't agree. win the title back. It's not like MJF can't win the title back. Like, sure, get get it back on him. Danielson has never been like this super long term champion type type of wrestler. I mean, I think he could be. He wasn't. He wasn't ROH, but like in WWE, they never saw him as a long term guy. That that's for sure. He he said like uh, after he won the title at WrestleMania 30, he had the conversations of like, yeah, we're just gonna use you to basically find the next John Cena. Like, that's what we're going to do. And then they were just going to have him get squashed by Brock. Um, like, we're going to use you to find the next John Cena. Like, they didn't see him as the next John Cena. I don't think Danielson needs this long-term run with the title. I'd keep it on him forever, personally. But Danielson is so good that he he can he can lose it in at the next pay-per-view. He can have a shorter reign. They can get the title back on MJF if they need to. I'd put it on Danielson. MJF's run so far not not clicking with me and danielson is i don't want danielson to just be the guy who fails either failed didn't beat omega just went to a a draw with him didn't beat hangman went to the draw the first time lost the second time didn't beat moxley like you stop positioning brian danielson as a failure it's bullshit tony Khan. i'm with you there um the only thing i've talked about on the show before and i see some comparisons for obvious reasons i mean Shawn Michaels and, and Danielson will always be linked together in one way or another because of the training and everything. But I kind of view Danielson almost as like, like his AEW run is the second HBK run when he came back where right. HBK, like he did, he did win the title at elimination chamber. Brainy held it briefly, but he, he said many times throughout the years, he didn't like, he, there was many times they went to him and they were like, Hey, we want to put the title on you. And he was like, no, like, I don't, like, I don't need the championship. That's not from where I'm at in my career, my position on the show. It doesn't make sense for me to be the champion. Like John Cena should be the champion or whoever. Right. So I think Danielson might even have that same kind of mindset where he's just like, I don't need the title. I'm Brian fucking Danielson. doesn't matter. I'm always going to have bangers. I'm always going to be over. I'm always going to be a main event guy. Um, and I can make other people look better. And I've already been champion plenty of times. And I just don't, you know, so maybe he just doesn't even care. doesn't even want it. I don't know. But um listen i think that's a good idea though by the way like i'd I'd be fine with danielson beating mjf at the pay-per-view and then mjf wins it back in new york the next time they're there or something like that if they want to continue mjf as the champion going forward i i I, I think these these are fine ideas i would normally disagree hard but it's danielson like i'm not gonna as much as i've always am you know riding on you know cody and jericho and my my guys that i'm always talking about I'm very, very aware that Brian Danielson is arguably one of the best professional wrestlers of all time. And he's still, and he's still performing at that level. Like he's still maybe the best in-ring wrestler in the world right now in 2023. So there's reasons to put the title on him. I'd be totally fine with it. Um, I think the match is going to be great. I think MJF is going to show people a lot too. People that think this is going to be very good going into it because they haven't maybe seen MJF wrestle too often because he doesn't wrestle that often, but. He can really go when he needs to. He can really go. Um, so I think it's going to be a really good match. And once again, my official prediction is MJF retaining. But 
I'm once again, I'm not going to sit here and like shit on the idea of, of Danielson winning. Like you're putting out there. I, I, I'm, I'd be okay with it personally. You should win. You probably won't win. I actually don't think he'll win at all. I, it's 60 minutes. Um, it's an Iron Man match. I, Iron Man matches can be hit and miss for me uh, because you got to tell a story within the 60 minutes. And we all know it's just going to come down to like the final five minutes. And that can be the tough part of an Iron Man match. It's like, all right, what do you do these first 55 minutes to get everybody invested, to tell the story? And then the final five is like, we know it's going to be a close score, right? They're not going to have like, oh, MJF is up eight to five and that's it. Right. Time like, just runs out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that, that's it. Like it's always coming down to like that, that final couple of minutes. And it's like a one fall match uh, in, in that final minute or so. And like, that's the story they tell. So, you know, keeping people invested for that long, I have no doubt Danielson can do it. I I'm higher on MJF that I, than I feel a lot of people are because he just doesn't wrestle a whole lot. He's a very talented wrestler. Uh, I'm sure the match will be great. You know, I always say it, my wheelhouse is like an 18 minute match. So, you know, this being almost quadruple that I'm terrible at math. Maybe it's only triple that uh, it's triple. Uh, oh, this being like triple that not, not always going to strike me and be like, Oh, I'm super ready for this, but it's Brian Danson. I'm super ready for it. Brian Danson's the guy he should, he should definitely, uh, he should win. That, that's what I'm saying. Anything else from, from AEW? Yeah, uh, Lucas says we know MJF's going to get DQ'd a couple of times. So I think they're going to do falls like that. They're going to they're gonna have, like, hit him with a chair, get DQ'd, but then pin him immediately type of thing. Like, I think they're going to do stuff like that as well. By the way, I loved, 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 and I, I, said, I said this last week, and I love that Danielson used it, of, like, your fiancé left you. I love love. I don't want anybody's fiancé leaving him. But he's like, your fiance, like, you deserve that because you're like banging sluts and pinning, pinning mat or what, banging rats, pinning shoulders to mats. Things like, yeah, why are you saying that shit? And then expecting fiance to love you. I love that Danielson used that in his uh, promo. That rule. I saw his, uh, I saw his fiance or ex fiance, how I guess, however you look at it. She tweeted last night. Um, it's like a go? big Brian Danielson fan. Yeah. I don't know if she deleted I can't find it now. I did see um, it. I did see it. I yeah. can confirm that. that yeah, was. that was pretty funny. Anything um, else from AW <clears throat> Revolution? I know a lot of people are mad about the uh, the tag team title situation. Yeah, we can talk about that as well. Um, you know, I'll say I said it this last week too. I don't. I was like, best friends should be in the tag team match. They're super yeah. underrated, but they chose the wrong combination of best friends. Like I don't know what Tony loves Orange Cassidy. I mean, I like Orange Cassidy. I. I I I probably don't express how much I like him as much as people may think. I really do like Orange Cassidy. Tony fucking loves Orange Cassidy, man. Listen, I love Orange Cassidy too. I really do. He's, he's one of my favorites. But and I, this really seems like a way to just get him on the show, even though they could have just easily just had him defend the the All Atlantic title either on the pay per view or on the pre show. But is like is something actually wrong with Trent or Chuck? Because if if this was just them getting boxed out. So that they can put Dan Housen and Cassidy in this match. Like, I do have a problem with that, honestly. Like, because Trent and Chuck are they they're way better than being left in, in the dust like this. I will say, and I have no idea at all, but the last couple of weeks, Chuck's looked a little off to me. I don't it's like his like face looked kind of red. And th- I'm not judging. Like I it could be any reason. I get allergies sometimes and my face looks puffy and stuff. Like it just I don't know. But like I was just thinking, I was like, maybe there is a real reason why those guys weren't able to be in the match. I don't I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think anything's been reported when it comes to like an actual injury 
from them. Uh, I really think just like Tony is a big fan of, of Orange Cassidy. And he, he wrestled twice on the show last yeah. night. Like he, he tries to get an Orange Cassidy match every single week, whether it's on Dynamite, or whether it's on Rampage. Like Orange Cassidy wrestles every single week on that show. And if he's not doing a match, which he typically is, he's in some type of vignette or something he orange cassidy's great the gimmick is over it it works and i guess i guess the numbers show i don't pay attention to the like minute by minute or even like the quarter hour stuff but i guess they they show that orange cassidy is a draw so he's in this match Jarrett and lethal are in this and then obviously got the acclaim i still don't understand why the acclaimed were like hey let's use our tag team title rematch on a four-way instead of just a two-on-two match and then hey I thought that battle royal last night was not good. Like the pacing was bad. We didn't know who was gonna like who the last entrance were, and the the timing was just off. Like some intervals were like, oh, it's five second wait between the countdown, and another time it felt like a five minute wait between the countdown. Like that that was a bad battle royal last night. Just yeah, didn't do anything for me. And yeah, I, I'm with you. Orange Cassie and Dan Housen. What was uh, Matt Menard not? eliminated 2.0 is in there parker got eliminated menard never got eliminated i don't think maybe i missed I don't it remember but... i don't remember if that if he did or not to be honest <clears throat> but yeah i mean it just it's weird this this is a, this is a weird this is a weird four-way match for the tag titles maybe that's what they were going for they're just like bucket like the guns of the champions they're like the i think they were 15 Oh uh, yeah, I do too. I do too in this match. Um, I think I think we're gonna get the guns and the acclaimed one on one again at some point, and, and Daddy Ass is gonna turn to go back with the guns. I just feel like that's still eventually gonna happen. But the uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean we're just in a weird spot. I've talked about it before too, and we don't need to deep dive into this. But I was I had a fear that when the trios titles got introduced, the tag team division was gonna suffer, and this is like a perfect example of it. I, I listen. I like all the people involved in this match, but. I mean, we're this is a far cry away from like Hangman and Omega and the Young Bucks and you know all the the Lucha Brothers and and Proud and Powerful and Chuck and Trent and all like this is a different this is a different it just is I'm just keeping it real like th- this is not the same thing as what I, the teams I just mentioned I, I think the match was probably going to still wind up being good don't get me wrong but. I once again, I feel like unless there's a real good reason why Trent and Chuck couldn't be a part of this, I, I'm actually like upset that they're not. Especially if listen, I like Danhausen. I've I've loved Danhausen. I think it's really impressive how he's how he sticks to the gimmick and how over he's gotten, like doing his thing his way. But he's more of like a mascot to the best friend. He's on the outside cursing people and stuff. He, like I just don't. It, this is just a weird match and. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what else to say it. I feel like everyone kind of knows what I'm saying here. Everyone, I think a lot of people agree. It's just, it's this so weird. This is a very weird tag team match for a company who has historically had like really, really good tag teams. You were right in that, like the trios titles have kind of put the the tag team division just on the on the back burner a little bit because we got a great trios match. I'm not as high on House of Black as gimmick wise as everybody else seems to be. Love all of them as wrestlers, fantastic wrestlers. This match is going to be great. Uh, what did House of Black do to like get this title shot? I don't know. I think they beat like the factory once when they returned. And the last memory I have of House of Black as a trio was losing to Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. That was the last thing I remember them. 
doing. I know they've won some matches on Dark. I, I'm pretty sure they beat like the Factory on like a Dynamite or anything. But otherwise, they're just they're the spooky team that just like stepped up to the elite and like okay, cool, sure. Uh, it's gonna be a great match regardless, though. So speaking I'm, of that, do you think the House of Black beats the Elite for the tag title for the trio titles? No, I I think the the Elite. I think the Elite win. Um, it's close. It's kind of close. Like I could see House of Black winning, but I think I think the Elite end up end up pulling this out. I'm gonna take the House of Black actually in that one. Okay. I think I'm, I'm gonna go a little just because I think if they don't win, like they're just really they're just super super lost in the mix. Like this is like their, yeah, their I, opportunity, and maybe if Kenny, that's the other the big question is like, is Kenny gonna stay or go, or the Young Bucks gonna stay or go at the end of the year? Do you want to get as much as you can out of Kenny as a singles guy before he leaves? If that's going to happen, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what there. There's a lot of factors that go into it, but um, I feel like if House of Black loses this, they're just totally fucked in AEW. There's no other way to say it. Like Buddy Matthews is screwed. Brody King has nowhere to go. Malachi Black loses credibility. I just, you know, I just don't know. The credibility with the black eye that I guess is healing. Well, you know what I mean? Like anything that they could possibly salvage of the credibility that he had when he came into AEW and beat Cody. Like, it's just, it just feels That's like they're like, like no, I, I agree. But I'm just saying like, listen, personally speaking, I like the elite better. I think they're more fun to watch in the ring. I love their matches. I'd personally like the elite to retain. I'm just saying if house of black loses, there's literally nowhere for them to go from here. So they just keep doing more stuff. Keep, you know, those, they'll spit something in Brandon Cutler's eye and give him an infection. Or something. I guess he's got the mask on. It'll bleed through the mask. It'll eat through Cutler's mask. Maybe his beard will dissolve once Malachi <laughs> spits whatever he, he spits at him. They just keep doing lore stuff. That's that's the that's the brilliant thing about lore is like you can just riddle your way out of out of a loss. Just speaking a bunch of tongues, and it's like ah, uh, you know, we have now. What happened? Eddie Kingston quit last night. Eddie Kingston's yeah. fed up with this bullshit. By the way, I don't blame him. He got stuck in one little program with House of Black. And he's like, ah, fuck all this. I'm out of here. See y'all Shout in Ring of Honor. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, drag- Can you pull up the Dragon Den comment real quick? I just want to read that out loud because I've said this before. Can we agree when Cody stopped being the booker or in the committee, the booking became, oh, look, surprised with no story? Yeah, I think I think people underestimated what Cody brought to the table from a booking perspective in AEW. I totally agree with that. Um, as far as uh, other matches on here real quick, because I know we have other topics to get to, but I want to get the predictions out there. Um, I think Jungle Boy is going to beat Christian in the Buried Alive match. Would you agree there? Is that a, is that like official? Like, is that like actually happen? I don't feel like that's happening. They already got like five matches on this pay-per-view and one of them's an hour. I, According I, to Wikipedia, it's a Buried Alive match, but they could be wrong. Wikipedia is stupid. I don't. Well, I agree. Usually, was they're pretty on point. They're pretty on point with the wrestling and MMA stuff when they put it up there. But you, but anyone could change it, obviously. So, like, that might be wrong. Unless there Um, was an official graphic, then I'm not buying this match yet. Well, regardless, I think Jack Perry's going to beat up Christian. However, they wind up fighting. Um, That he's got. He's got. He's got to get his. Yeah, yeah, he's got. He's got to get some sort of payback here. Women's title, Jamie Hayter, uh, depending against Soraya and Ruby, who do you think wins that one? Uh, Hayter retains. I would say Hayter retains as well. Um, I think Ruby picks a side either after the match or on Dynamite on Wednesday. Um, 
Jericho and Starks. Personally, I'd, I'd have Jericho win again. I don't know if they, a big Jericho mark for saying that, but I, I, I think Ricky's going to win the match. I think he, I think he needs to. And I don't think they need to drag this on any longer. Jericho wins. You got Jericho. Yeah, that's surprising. But dude, hey, I'll, I'll ride with you, dude. Jericho. All right, and then uh, I mean, I want Ricky to win. I just think I think Jericho Ricky. wins, and I think we get a new member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. I think that's possible. It's funny because because uh, yeah, they're the JS is banned from ringside. So if somebody else interferes as a new member, I could see that happening. Um, it's funny because we're on the we're we're flip flop. I want Jericho to win, but think Starks will win. You want Starks to win, but think Jericho will win. Um, we got Samoa Joe and Wardlow. I'm not looking forward to this one really at all, to be honest. Um, this I, is a program that needs to complete completely wrap. And like I liked yeah. that I like Hobbs. I'm cool with him winning. Thank God he survived that ladder last night because that was scary. and got down like that yeah was like, yeah oh my god he was i was very there. worried about him but this is a program that's been going on forever and like it doesn't seem like there's anything new to this and now like whoever wins this match they gotta face Hobbs. so like they're still kind of continuing that i think wardlow might actually win because joe's just doing roh stuff but I, I know Joe's like honestly a heavy favorite uh in like the betting odds on this is he really see like i would imagine wardlow storyline wise but i think tony khan needs to read the room and samojo needs to choke out wardlow honestly but like i i uh i get that samojo is gonna be busy with ring of honor um maybe you gotta take the tmt title off of them and this is the way to do it then you get wardlow and hobbs which you know that's been teased and you know i i i think that's probably where they'll go so i think wardlow is probably the good prediction but personally speaking i would have joe wash him i would i would i would, I would have i wouldn't even make it competitive i just have him go out there and just destroy him personally what's your beef with wardlow he's cooled off so much so well, much yeah, with MJF his fault. i don't yeah you're right not it's not all his fault but part of I, I gotta like put some of it on him i feel like but like a lot most of it is tony's booking like i will i will agree with that um he just kind of became the power bomb and beat up uh security guards guy and then they cut his hair and now he looks like way too generic in my opinion it just just isn't working um and then the uh, the other match uh hangman and moxley uh, i love moxley's promo last night i thought that was a so incredible good. promo yeah. and hangman's was a really good promo as well but um i think hangman's got to win the texas death match personally so i'm gonna go with hangman there but um i i think this is this is going to be one of the best matches on the show in my opinion i, I like i love how they built this one personally so if you want more aw revolution head over to fightful overbooked like immediately after the show at like 11 15 myself and sp3 are going to do our betting odds show so we'll get predictions and uh make some bets try to win people some money on aw revolution uh should be you a great got, you got moss your hangman uh i have i have hangman but, hey man, but okay. moxley go on vacation let there you go. Finally, let that man yeah. rest. Okay, let him rest. Cool. Uh, should be a great show. Should be. It's gonna be a long night. Tony Khan, I'm pleading with you right now. Do not make your press conference longer than your main event. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I feel like that's a fair request on my part. Let's get into our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Speaking of ring, everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Of Honor, it's back. Tonight, uh, Honor Club, uh, I believe 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I think the first show is about nine hours long, given all the matches that they have uh, that they've announced for this show. But they're back on weekly television. Uh, I, I don't know if you've read the spoilers or not, have, Jensen. Yeah. Okay, I kind of stayed away from them. I mean, based on the matches they've announced, like you can kind of see what the matches are. Um, I, I've seen, or you can see who the winners are. I've seen some of the stuff. You know, we we briefly mentioned Eddie Kingston quitting AEW. Looks like he's ROH bound. I think that kind of sucks. I think Eddie Kingston deserves way more in AEW. And I don't know if he's going to win the ROH title or win the TV title because Joe's TV. I don't know if he's going to win any of these titles. I don't really care if he's a champion because I'm not putting Eddie Kingston in front of a lukewarm Orlando crowd every month to, to do promos and matches. That man deserves to be in actual arenas with live fans doing promos and matches because he was one of the hottest acts in the company uh last year and in a little bit the the year before during the punk stuff for for sure and during the moxley stuff so i think it sucks that eddie kingston might be regulated to roh and uh, you know the 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 video of this the the title is roh expectations my expectations are not that high based on just it looks like it's some matches and then kind of minimalish story out of all this what about you I will say I really like the matches I've seen, though, like in the results that I've seen from the spoilers. I don't know how much we want to talk about the spoilers. We can, we're going to give some big spoilers here in a second for the other uh, spotlight here. But um, I mean, I'll talk about it right now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear about Ring of Honor spoilers, I would mute this for a minute. But we gave you all a chance. So Eddie Kingston's going to be going after Claudio's Ring of Honor world title. So like at least there is... Like that, I think that will be very good. Um, yeah. So like, I think the match is going to be very good. The story is going to be very good. Um, it give it, it it means Kingston isn't just going there and just wasting his time. Like he's going there and he's in the top program. So I'm I'm cool with that. Um, especially if he wasn't going to get lost in the mix in AEW for the moment. I'm 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 I think that's a good spot for him to to be in. And I can see him becoming ROH World Champion potentially. I really I think it's totally possible. Um, there was a lot of good matches that that were on there. A lot of good talent. A lot of uh, a lot of talent that um, I feel like really deserves more eyes. Guys like Raheem Raju and Billy Starks and Trisha Dora and stuff like that. Like there was, you know, there was a really good mix of like of of classic Ring of Honor talent, kind of the in between talent, like Blake Christian and Tony Deppen, who we see in GCW a lot, but also see when Ring of Honor pops up. There, there was a lot of a lot of really good stuff. Like Slim J was involved. I've always I think he's one of the most underrated guys in like the last two decades. Um, you know, so like there's. It, lo- it looks like a lot of really, really good matches. I don't know what really the, a lot of the stories because I just read straight spoilers. Um, and a part of the reason is I, I do the spoilers for the weekender. So um, that's the reason I, I read them and put them out there and stuff. So like, um, so anyway, I, I think that the whole thing with Ring of Honor without getting too into it, because I know we're short on time, is they, we just got to figure out what their, what their space in the landscape of pro wrestling really is. Uh, you have WWE and AEW way up here. It's like the top dogs. You got GCW and Impact kind of right below that. You have a ton of various independent promotions kind of vying um, for, you know, you know their spot in the independent world. Where does Ring of Honor really fit in? Um, I feel like currently they kind of fit in around like that GCW 
impact type level potentially, but we really don't know. Maybe they're above that. Maybe that's really the place to be. Maybe like if you're in GCW right now, but you want to take that next step up, but you, you can't get eyes on you in AEW or, or, or WWE for whatever reason, maybe Ring of Honor is the best next step, or maybe it's better off to be in GCW than it is to be in Ring of Honor. Like we just, we just don't know yet exactly where they fit in the landscape. But what I think we do know from what I'm seeing on the, on the spoilers, at least, I think we're going to get a lot of really, really good wrestling matches. So we'll start sure. there. Um, we'll start there and, um, you know, kind of go from there. But my expectations are really good matches, but I have literally no idea what, like, the health or, like, the longevity of the company is. And they need to get off of Honor Club and onto, like, something people actually watch. That's a big part of it, too. I'm sure you're going to get great matches. But nowadays, like, you could see great matches just everywhere, every week. That's what hurt ROH and right in previous years is like they used to be the wrestling company and then aw came along or impact started having great matches WWE boost uh so some work rate and everything indie all these indies popped up it's like oh roh is no longer like the great just wrestling company like you go here to watch great wrestling you can watch great wrestling anywhere nowadays like roh didn't become that is it better to be in roh or gcw i don't know because i don't know like pay scale and everything but if roh is only taping once a month i'm sure these guys probably want to work more than than once a month like if you're getting paid more and you're happy with that then cool by all means go for it but janelle has talked about that it's like you know, i could have just stayed in AEW and worked just dark tapings every month and everything and been fine but like my wrestling sucked because of that like i, I regressed because i'd rather work every week and i imagine a lot of people will, uh feel that way as well and they just don't want to do weekly roh tapings i think you've got to make roh a destination for for people who for people you can't see anywhere else if i can watch claudio and yuda and joe every week on aew why am i tuning in to to ring of honor like why like at least eddie kingston now okay you've, you've hooked me on someone who it seems like is going to be ring of honor because he's quit aew I still think that's a mistake. I think Eddie Kingston is too good for just lukewarm Orlando crowds, but at least it's something. But again, these other guys, again, if I could just watch them every week on AEW, I could watch Yuta and Claudio have a tag team match. They were in the Battle Royal on Wednesday. They're going to be doing a tag team match uh, on Rampage. They're, they're part of a four-way tag team match on Rampage. Why am I tuning in to ROH to watch them wrestle when I can watch them in AEW? That's where I think there needs to be some separation between AEW and ROH. Make guys, it's like, you can only see this person here. And I'm talking top guys, not people like a Slim J or an Ari Davari, because I don't think those are selling points to ROH. No offense to those guys. No, I get it. I, I, and I agree with you. I, I think there should be definitive like rosters. Like If you're in Ring of Honor, you're not also showing up on AEW, personally. I, I, I think that would be better myself. So I agree with you impact uh spoiler alert for anybody if you want to go ahead and mute this uh we are going to give an impact spoiler one two three all right everyone's had their chance uh new impact tag team champions austin uh ace austin and chris bay defeating motor city machine guns uh and you know we're we're long time bay and ace austin fans thought they should have pushed a long time ago happy to see them now here shortly when it finally airs uh become the impact world tag team champions Yes, um, and I love their finish, how they do like the assisted art of finesse for Chris Bay right into the fold for Ace Austin. Um, and that's how they won the titles. Uh, the crowd popped for it, which was cool. I, you know, I, in the, you know, with them being a part of the Bullet Club, like it, it, it adds more credibility to like this new version of the Bullet Club. And it really, 
it just gives them something important to do, which is all I've been asking for, for those two guys. Like if they're not going to be involved in the world title scene, which I've advocated for, for years at this point, that both of those guys at this point should have at least had it like a, a shot or like a run with the title or something. Um, they've both been uh, X division champion. Like we've, we've been there, we've done that. So if you're not going to be in the world title scene right now, you've already been the X division champion. The best spot probably is to be the tag team champions. So I'm glad that they got that win. Uh, I think both guys are super talented. Like you just said, and like I just said, I've been advocating for years for both guys to get a lot more with that company. I even told Ace Austin in person when I saw him at uh, at Battle Slam a few months ago. I was like, <clears throat> I was like, man, I shook his hand. I was like, man, Impact put the world title on you. And he was like, I think it's gonna happen one day. And I was like, I hope so, man. Like, you've <laughs> been killing it. Um, and I, uh, it's just good. It's just good to see. Uh, it's good to see them the, the hard work paying off. Them getting those titles. They're getting a push. Them being a part of Bullet Club, I think, still works for them. Like within like the context of Impact and you know, what they do outside of Impact and stuff. And um, yeah, I was I was calling for this. You know, I was I was saying that the team who should beat the Motor City Machine Gun should be Ace Austin and Chris Bay, and they did it. So I'm very happy. It's good to see two guys we've been rallying behind. Uh, you know, get recognized and get some titles. For sure, um, I look forward to when the actual match airs to to see how it all plays out and everything. But yeah, we've been pushing for Bay and Austin to just do more for a long time uh I, I think impact has a lot of good talent i think it's a shame that like speedball and gresham is on like their pre-show right. and everything because that that deserved just a way bigger spot than it got and, and that's why where impact can just be hitting this with, with certain stuff i like macklin is going to challenge josh alexander for the the title coming up at the next week pay-per-view i do look forward to that program i think that's a good program um I wish Macklin got a little bit more steam on him before all this. Like the people he defeated in that four-way match, just eh, you know, like I, I needed a little bit more out of that. But as far as Ace Austin and Chris Bay go, great opportunity for them. Maybe they go to New Japan and like defend the titles a little bit over in New Japan. I, I'm very interested to see where they fit in as far as the, the landscape of Bullet Club, because I guess now David Finley is like kind of the leader that's what it's looking like yeah of that whole group so finley you know doesn't strike is that guy of like yeah this is this is the the person who is going to succeed aj styles finn balor kenny omega jay white like it, it doesn't strike and i know i did that out of order sorry no, I, uh like it, it doesn't like david finley doesn't really seem like he's going to be in that role because those other guys they had a big part in just other divisions and everything before that and now finley is just kind of been a guy for the most part he was just kind of part of fin juice like that that's just where he's been so we'll see how it goes like i kind of think ace austin and chris bay can almost be like co-leaders of, of of everything over finley and we'll see how that dynamic plays but it's good on them that they finally win some gold and you know, the match should be great once once we see it fully play out yep i agree i'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out Big motherfucking shout out to Jordan Oliver and Marcus Mathers. This was from Expect the Unexpected this past weekend. Uh, it was a TLC match in the main event of that show that Marcus Mathers ended up winning about 32 minutes or so. It'll double my wheelhouse. But I was surprised you chose that because of the length of the match. The match ruled. Like I, I understand why you chose it, but when when I when I when you chose it, I was like that was that was like a 30 minute match. I was surprised. I, I watch these matches and everything. It's not it's not like I don't watch any of these matches. Yeah, I just like the shorter kind of matches. Um, 
Uh, Jordan Oliver, he's on a roll right now. He lost this match, but he's on a roll right now as far as like match quality and everything goes. And Marcus Mathers, I've been really impressed with him. And I, I think he's one of the most talented guys on the independent scene. And I think he's going to, he's already started to have like a big breakout last year. I think he's going to continue to break out uh, this year. But yeah, if you haven't watched this match, TLC match, uh, it, they got some juice. There's some blood involved in this match. Obviously, they, they did some really cool spots. Um, I will say this about the finish and mouse kind of talked a little bit about it with cole radrick on the table and stuff and you guys gotta stop with the laying there and like reaching up like they're they're trying like i guess they're trying to position themselves to, to take the bump a little bit better and stuff but like like you mouse can tell said, jordan because like jordan was i know what you're talking about so jordan is on at the end of the match uh mathers hits him with i can't remember a what he hit him. there's a yeah, that's right it was right onto the ladder he did him with yeah. the j driller and then he put him on the ladder yeah. And in what you're talking about is Jordan, you can see Jordan's moving on the ground to like position himself while he's like reaching up. So like him and the ladder are moving a little bit closer so that yeah. matters can hit the 450. But yeah, I know. I know what you're. Yeah, I, Man, I get it. I, a lot of indie guys do that as they do like the reach up type of thing. Like, no, please don't hit me with this move. And like Mal said, like, if you got time to like reach and do all this, just roll out of the way. Move. You can clearly yeah. <laughs> roll out of the way if right. that's the case. So either get the positioning right the first time or just hide it better of move the ladder just with your leg or whatever. But doing this whole reaching thing, got to stop that stuff. Otherwise, really fun match. Really, really cool stuff that they did. Just do, don't do not do that kind of stuff, indie guys. Just don't do it. Sure. And, and like you said, I mean, these guys are killing it. Uh, you know, Jordan Oliver, obviously coming off of the big J cup win and being the JCW champion, um, having a huge year in the East West express with him and Nick Wayne doing big things. So Jordan Oliver's killing it. And Marcus Mathers has been, has been doing great for a while. Um, and he's out of the, you know, the H2O scene with uh, Tremont and those guys. And he's, he's one of those just young prodigy kids who got into it as a teenager. That just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, same with the guys like him, Nick Wayne, Patty Alexander, all these kind of guys that are like young and like their early twenties and stuff. They're just, they're filling out. They're getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're only, only going to keep getting better. Uh, Marcus Mathers and Jordan Oliver are both guys that I think are going to be massive mainstream pro wrestling stars eventually. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, really, really good stuff. Great match. Um, highly recommended. Check it out. ETU ET is the company, like you said, expect the unexpected. If you want to check that out, it's on IWTV. Use code fight talk. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, expected and expected. What are the smaller in your promotions? I know they run shows at least monthly. Uh, I know I feel like I cover results from them at least monthly, but they, they put on some uh, some good stuff. So go give them a follow. Go check them out on IWTV. And yes, use use the code Fight Talk on that. Jensen, your indie spotlight is we have Gangrel and Josh Bishop has been announced for the uh, BLP Midwest Championship on April 7th. Josh Bishop, Gangrel. Never thought we'd see this match, but look, man, I'm, I love Gangrel, love the music. Josh Bishop, I think he's a guy that has so much potential. We've talked to him on this show. He has so much star quality and just natural charisma about him. So hopefully he shows out against Gangrel and people start to take more notice of him. Like, oh, look at him. He's working a former WWE guy, former television guy, and was able to do, I guess, television stuff and not just indie stuff. Well, because like you know, he's done plenty of stuff with Cardona recently, and so I yeah. mean, like he's like he Bishop's been ready for a minute. And we even when we interviewed John Thorne from AIW, he said the same stuff we're saying. He's like, man, I he's like Josh Bishop's a license to print money. I don't know how these other companies haven't haven't signed him yet. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Um, there's eyes on him. He's done tryouts. They're aware of him. Um, all the major, all the major promotions are aware of him. It's just a matter of timing, I'm sure. And it'll happen. I mean, he's too talented. He's got, and my, another thing is like the presentation with, with Maserati West, like they're a great tag team and a great like friendship where like they're, they're out they're, They corner each other for their matches and stuff. Both of them together. Like honestly, wherever Josh goes, I'd love to see West go with him. Like West gets kind of boxed out and left out of the conversation a lot, but he has consistently improved as well over the years. So I have, I have mad respect. I have mad respect for both Joshua Bishop and West Barkley, um, the, the rip city shooters, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the reason I wanted to spotlight the match. I was like, man, I'll, obviously I'm a, I'm a big Josh Bishop fan. He's been killing it with that BLP Midwest championship. Um, he beat Tom Lawler for the title who had the title for, for years, I believe up, up to that point. I remember him holding the title forever. So like, you know, so I, I just think it's badass. Like we're going to get uh Bishop and Gangrel. It's a matchup. Like you said, we never thought we'd really see, uh, you know, one-on-one for the BLP Midwest championship. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it, obviously. And I think Bishop's Bishop's recently kind of changed his finishing move around, which has been interesting to me. He's, he's always used the, uh, like the outsider's edge into like almost like an outsider's edge bomb where like he throws you, but then he kind of catches your legs on the way down. Um, he's recently been using the jackhammer. So, but keep my eye on that. I've, I, I'm always interested to see when people like change their finishing moves and, or little things like when people kind of stop showing up to certain companies as often, because it makes me think either like you're getting signed or like something's happened. Something's changed. Maybe you're just trying to change it up and freshen it up. I don't know, but maybe you're going somewhere where they don't want you using an outsider's edge. So you're switching up the jackhammer. So you're ready for that when, when you move on. Like, I, I have no idea, but, uh, but I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit that I've, I've been noticing Bishop using the jackhammer instead of the outsider's edge power bomb lately. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Shout out to, to Joshua Bishop and Gangrel. Looking forward to the match. It happens, what do you say, April seventh. Uh, so that's like the week after WrestleMania. That'll be one of the biggest things happening, like the week after WrestleMania happens. So, um, so yeah. Shout out to uh, to Black Label Pro, Mikey Blanton, the whole crew over there. Shout out to the BLP Heavyweight Champion, Billiam, Billiam Starks, um, killing it out there. So yeah, BLP is doing great stuff. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to give them a shout out and highlight their, they've been putting on great shows. Like they, they, they've always been put on great shows ever since I've known about them since they started, they caught my eye years ago when they booked like Ming the barbarian. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, so, um, and Mikey's just the maniac. He just puts on crazy shows and crazy dream matches. They also, by the way, deserve a lot of the credit for the resurgence of PCO. People don't realize that, um, Mikey booked PCO versus Ethan page. And that was before PCO had that banger with Walter and, uh, but Mikey is the one who gave PCO a big chance, a big opportunity on the Indies at BLP before he really blew up. And so I, I give Mikey and BLP a lot of credit for a lot of things in the Indies scene. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just another, it's, it's a very Mikey Blanton move to put the, just the absolute animal of Joshua Bishop in there against, you know, against Gangrel, like just a weird dream match of, of Attitude Era star versus modern day, Sid Vicious, you know what I mean? So like, um, so yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's why I wanted to spotlight it. The the only thing I don't like about Black Rebel Pro is their shows are too long and their matches are too long. And <laughs> it's Mikey like two jokes. shows in one day too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey always jokes like, wait a second, people don't like six hour shows? No, I don't want these six hour shows, Mikey. He's like, I'm going to keep running them. I'm like, ah, oh. but they love Taylor Swift. So I got to, I got to respect that. There you uh, go. Yeah, you can check that out. I, I assume that'll air on IWTV. They're oh no no they're they've switched to, oh, to fight, fight I think. plus. I think they're fight okay. plus. Yeah, 
the the streaming wars is just there are, there's a lot off. of movement yeah. happening right now yeah jensen i know you got to run to the shoot job let everybody know where they can find you at um you can find me on twitter at fight talk underscore f-i-g-h-t-t-a-l-t-a-l underscore you can use code fight talk all is one word no spaces on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live and make sure to subscribe to fightfulselect.com listen to the weekender podcast where i break down the world of independent wrestling a whole bunch of other stuff um it's part of the you know the five dollar tier you get that you get a bunch of news from sean you get other podcasts so uh go, there, go over there and support fightful select listen to the weekender podcast it drops every sunday night or sunday i should say sunday afternoon usually right now usually someday sometime on sunday this, this week and maybe a monday potentially or a saturday just because there's um revolution on sunday so that might throw off a little bit of my watching and results so just stay tuned subscribe to fightful select listen to the weekender and enjoy this interview you're about to hear with Ashley. And uh, you're going to learn a lot about the world of cosplay, uh, nerd culture, a whole bunch of really cool stuff. I really enjoyed the interview. Hope you all enjoyed it too. Good to see you, Jeremy. I'm going to log, log into the shoot job and hope everyone in the chat has a great Thursday. Enjoy it, Jensen. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Uh, good luck with the, the job. Jobs suck. Um, all right, everybody. Yes, we have Ashley and cosplay uh, in our creator spotlight. Again, I I found her story of how she's wrestling. She's been wrestling fan for less than a year, mind you. But the the way she got hooked onto wrestling is uh, really fun. And then she's deep into the wrestling world and the cosplay world now, uh, and and puts a lot of hard work into the cosplay outfits that she does. So. Really, really fun stuff with Ashley. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and get, get some plugs out of the way here. Immediately, almost immediately after this show, uh, roughly around 11.15, head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. Myself and SP3 will be doing our betting odds preview uh, for AEW Revolution. It'll be a live episode. Usually we record that and then upload it. But because scheduling uh, kind of worked out for in our favor, we're going to do a live episode uh, that is at 11.15. So if you've not checked out our betting odds previews in the past, you can now get a live taste of it. So check that out. That's on FightfulOverbooked.com. We have Day After Dynamite today. We'll have the Tony Khan media call at some point. Uh, we will have uh, the new ROH podcast, and we'll have the Impact podcast. So a lot of stuff going on here on YouTube.com slash Fightful, and a lot of stuff happening at Fightful Overbooked. We have a new podcast every day. Go check out our New Japan podcast that is that is up now with Matt and Kieran uh, previewing the New Japan Cup. Coexisting with Rob and Maggie will be tomorrow live at 3 o'clock. We will have our Revolution Watch Along on Sunday evening. So plenty of stuff between the main Fightful channel and Fightful Overbooked as well. You can go do all that. Go to Fightful.com. Read all the stuff. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com for $5 a month. Get all the news. All right. I'll probably do the plugs again after this show. But I want to get those out of the way for right now. Here we go, everybody. In our creator spotlight, it is Ashley and Cosplay. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I, as always, am Stephen Jensen here with Jeremy Lambert. And today our guest is an artist and a cosplayer and a big Cody Rhodes fan. And uh, somebody I'm looking forward to talking to today. We have Ashley, aka Ashley and Cosplay on the show. Ashley, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? We're doing awesome. Thank you very much for joining doing us well. today. I'm, I'm yes, very you. much looking forward to this. Yes. Yeah, same here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put Jensen on the spot. He was like, I got Ashley and cosplay for for the show. I was like, okay. Like I don't I don't 
quite know much about you. And that's what we're here for to learn a little bit more about you. I go to the Twitter page. First thing I see is this Cody Rhodes stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is the, yeah. this is the bit right here. The, the Cody Rhodes connection unites. But before we get into all of that, actually tell us everyone how you kind of got started with, uh, with all the cosplay stuff in the world of wrestling. Um, so I've been cosplaying since about 2017, so about six years now, but I actually didn't specifically get into like the wrestling cosplay thing until like this past year. Um, I'm actually a pretty new wrestling fan, even though like very diehard, don't get me wrong, but still within like the past year. But as soon as I started doing wrestling cosplays, that's actually all I've created because they're just like so fun and colorful, like what else would I get to work on that looks like USA threw up all over it? So like, <laughs> yes, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it obviously like it takes a lot of work. Like I was watching the video. I think it's your pin tweet. Actually, mm -hmm. it's a video um, of you putting together the American nightmare, like inspired, well, the cosplay of Cody Rhodes. Um, and the thing is like perfect. It looks really, really incredible. And it, I could tell it took a lot of work. Like um, I guess, when you got into doing cosplay, was that something you were prepared for? Like you knew it was going to be a lot like you wanted to do? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't make all their own stuff too. I don't know a whole lot about the world of cosplay. Um, So you can tell us about kind of like the labor side of it too, because it looks like a lot of work goes into it. Yeah. Well, when I got started like six years ago, I don't think I ever would have thought tackling something like this, but because everything I learned pretty much comes from YouTube. Like if it's out there to learn, it's on YouTube. Um, and luckily, like I've kind of like learned some basic sewing throughout the years, a lot of trial and error on things. So by the time it came to this, like I kind of knew how I could approach it. Um, and you can even see it in that pin tweet with that video that I actually started off with a sketch. Like I have a pretty strong art background. So I always start everything with a sketch and that helps me like, break it down like what I think certain things could be made out of and I was able to like get the shapes of all the pieces on there and then just start plotting it out and just like really got to go in and see what works and what doesn't shed a few tears and <laughs> just keep going have, have you have you accumulated any like actual injuries doing that like it looks like you're working with like a lot of you know equipment that could, <laughs> could hurt you yeah well I, I definitely have like heat gun scars from like setting down a heat gun and like putting my arm on it. But actually like working on that Cody Rhodes jacket, I always tell this story to explain like how labor intensive it actually was. But I was doing like this repetitive motion with like ironing on this like heat and bond stuff to get all that like glittery trim. And it's like it's all in the video, but I like was continuously like ironing and ironing. And I gave myself like actual tendonitis in my wrist and like I couldn't even like use my wrist for a whole week and had like a little brace for it. So that was um, that was just like part of the fun with that costume. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed I noticed in that video that you had like at one point your arm, you, your hand was like wrapped. So I, I looked like something yeah something that happened, so. <laughs> it was like i took a good week off of it and i had like a like an end goal for it because i wanted to wear it to c2e2 which is probably like the largest comic con in the chicagoland area where i'm from and i was like all right we're like two weeks out i just took a week off so i can like heal my wrist i'm like all right we got to power through <laughs> you mentioned that you're, you're not like a long time wrestling fan but you were a devoted fan so what got you into wrestling what what, what caught your attention like oh okay this is something i can enjoy 
Um, I love telling this story because it's just so unusual. But um, so like I said, about a year ago is when I first got into it. And like three years before that, we've been like going to watch the pay-per-views, like WWE pay-per-views with our friends. So I was like well aware of wrestlers and the whole thing. But um, those friends that we used to hang out with to watch the pay-per-views actually entered this contest to get married at WrestleMania this past year. <laughs> and like, they were the perfect people to do it too. Like they sent in a video and everything. And like, I knew they were going to win it and they did. And they got to pick like four people who could come with them. So I was one of the people we flew to Dallas. We got to spend the whole week in there. We went to all access, which is where they actually got married at and then went to like both nights of WrestleMania. And I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> like it was amazing. So like I got to be there when Cody Rhodes returned. And I think like, obviously my world changed in that moment, I guess. Um, and then we, we flew home on that Monday. Like I had never actually sat down and watched like a Raw or SmackDown. I'm like, I have to know what he's gonna say. Like I'm invested now. <laughs> so yeah, that Monday we watched Raw and like, Every week since then, I'm like, you know, got 10 plus hours of wrestling to watch. So that was like the whole start to it. <laughs> that That is an insane way to just fall in love with wrestling of like, yeah, my friends are taking me to WrestleMania. And I mean, it was a great show last year. A lot of big moments. Oh, my Cody God. Rose, yeah. like Cody Rhodes <laughs> return at the top of the list. Steve Austin wrestling for the first time in, in like two decades. Like, yeah, it's a hell of a show to be at shout out to your friends by the way for winning that contest awesome. and as someone <laughs> yeah as, as someone who loves love like that's the way to do it to to get married at wrestlemania mm -hmm. like that winning that it contest was, that it rules. was cool like uh, yeah it took place at all access and like we got to be there they like came out like it was a whole thing they got legit married but like um dana brooke was like the bridesmaid and like Tavita <laughs> was there and it was just like <laughs> I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was gonna ask if wrestlers were involved. So Dana Brooke and Tamina were there. Any any men is the, the groomsmen? Were there any male superstars? Uh Tazoa was there and um oh. oh my god, why am I blanking on his his name? Was he, R -Truth? He, wears a mask. <laughs> he wears a mask in NXT now. No, I'd like Axiom. Oh yeah, Reggie. 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 Oh, yes, Reggie. Oh, yeah, oh, it was 24-7 oh, like, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Really that makes sense. Yeah. It was all the like 24-7. Um, yeah. But they were just like so cool. And I'm just like, they they got to pick their walkout music, like what they got to come out to. And it was just like <laughs> so amazing. Did, did awesome. they go with John Cena? No. Um, oh. which we laugh about this because my friend Sam was like they couldn't decide on the song and like they asked them on the spot like okay what do you want to walk out to like right now and they panicked and were like um I guess I like Riddle and then like looking back he's like I like Riddle but like not that much <laughs> <laughs> oh our our entrance song at our wedding uh my 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 wife I I wanted the John Cena song we came out that was our grand entrance songs like we're coming out to John Cena and she amazingly went went along with it so I guess I should share this story now because I'm actually I'm getting married in November and oh congrats thank you yeah, <laughs> my fiance is a musician and has recorded a lot of music and I don't want to like spoil this for the people going to my wedding, but, <laughs> but he's been working on making like a Canon and D inspired version of Cody Rhodes theme. And like, I heard like the first 30 seconds of it and I'm just like, this is so cool. So we're oh, dying. That rules. <laughs> that rules. 
That's awesome. That's going to be Jensen's song whenever he gets married. Yes, send me it. I would love to hear a copy of that. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Same, same. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, man, uh, there's so many things I want to ask about all that, but I don't even know where to. So I guess, um, I guess like the main, I, when it comes to like when it comes to cody and like you becoming a big fan and everything and all the work you put into cosplaying like that if for like him specifically like like why, why why cody it's a pretty simple question i guess but like why like what like draws so much attention to him over like like there's so many wrestlers and like to choose to to put so much effort into like replicating him i feel like i've asked myself this question so many times it's like <laughs> sometimes it just chooses you but no i think a big part of it is with me physically being there when he returned because like i knew a little bit of him and like AEW and that whole history and then like i don't know it was just so like to be there in that moment like totally unreal and i was just like also just drawn to the cool jacket to be honest because i love a good design <laughs> I, like, I could see myself making that but then yeah the promo on raw that following monday was like i think i was like sobbing on the couch so it just it just kind of happened <laughs> Deb, have you seen the giant jacket he had at AEW? I think it was for Grand Slam that took the entire entrance way. Uh, they <laughs> just a monstrosity of a thing. With, yeah, with I love how dramatic he is. <laughs> 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 no, I love like all the the old like gear he's had is so cool. And then especially if I weren't so like scarred from having the like wrist issues, like. The one from Rumble that was like black with all the chain mail on one side was just like, I want it. <laughs> how how many? I think I might have seen actually on. I, I know the one in your pin tweet said seventy four hours is how long that took. Mm -hmm. Is that I, pretty normal? Like, or is that like extra long for? Like, because like I've seen, I mean, you're not just in wrestling. You all have to understand. Like, if you go to her Twitter, it's it's here on the screen in cosplay underscore like there's like it's not just this cody rhodes i mean i'm focusing on it i'm obviously a big cody rhodes fan we're a wrestling channel but like it's not just this outfit that you put together like a lot of these things are like super elaborate yeah i would say that one was pretty quick i mean i know that's a lot of hours but like the thing that i made from scratch was just the jacket whereas like i have a lot of other cosplays where like i did like head to toe everything um i used to be like big in doing cosplay competition so it was very much everything from scratch and i had i'm trying to remember back now but i know one was up to like 124 hours or something spent on it like that was over the course like six months but um i would say i don't know i could easily spend forever working on one thing but 74 hours for one jacket is still probably pretty insane <laughs> What are some of the, the big cosplay outfits that, that you did before uh, getting into wrestling? Um, I started off by doing a lot of Star Wars stuff. So I did like the first thing I did was Jyn so from Star Wars Rogue One because it had just come out. So that was a big one. Um, I don't know if you guys are Star Wars fans, but I did a like full suit of armor for Captain Phasma from the newer movies. It was really cool. Um, and then I kind of done like a lot of Marvel DC stuff. Like I made like a winter soldier arm, um, right before the whole wrestling saga started, I was really into peacemaker. So 
Oh, our buddy John Cena, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whole Peacemaker cosplay, everything. So I'm like all over the place with stuff. Um, what well, I guess kind of what came first, or is it all kind of all together as far as like uh, like getting into that scene? I guess in general of like wanting to go to conventions, like being that big of a fan to even want to attend, but then to take it like the next level and be like, I want to be you know, a bigger part of this. Cause I'm sure you probably have people that like come up to you, like, and like ask for pictures and stuff. I'd imagine. Cause mm -hmm. you know, it's, you look like you're a part of like the convention, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I went all in cause yeah, the first time I cosplayed was the first Comic-Con I attended. So I just like was all in on it. I know the cosplay thing isn't for everybody, but I just loved it because yeah, you get people who like want to come up to you and talk to you about it. Like it's definitely a way to like express yourself because yeah, wearing Cody Rhodes to a Comic Con, obviously everybody's like, oh, you like Cody Rhodes? I'm like, yeah, no kidding. But like <laughs> then it's like just starts a conversation about like wrestling and everything. And it's just kind of like another level of like getting to enjoy that whole convention experience. Um, I tried to like go as a normal person one day to a Comic-Con and I was just like, something's missing. Like <laughs> I need to be wearing a really uncomfortable outfit right now or else it does not feel right. I was about to ask like if it was kind of like empowering or like nerve wracking. Cause like you put so much work into something like that and like you, you go out and you know, people are going to be looking and like judging it. So like, <laughs> I'm sure you get nervous, or at least I, this the way that I am, I would be getting nervous, like, like, you know, what people are going to think of it. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, it looks badass. So like, you, you know, you like walk out in, in the public and you just got to kind of, you got to kind of be a pro wrestler yourself out there and like kind of mm -hmm. play the part, you know? Yeah, you do kind of have to just like own it. And like, it always feels weird right away. Like usually we're staying at like a hotel, like connected or like maybe down the road. So you're like, getting in an elevator with like normal people going about their day, like in this crazy costume. But like the second you get like the first compliment or the first person that recognizes it, it's like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I'm a clown nine. I'm the shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can, we can refer to them as normies here, by the way. It's okay. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. kind of the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The normies. Yeah. Once you get past the normies and get, yeah, that that's, I get that. that yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, I also, uh, I, this is something I didn't want to forget to ask about. Um, it's kind of a little off topic, but, um, I'm a big Fortnite player. Like I've been playing since, oh, yeah. yeah, since the day yeah, it came out. Like yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I, um, I was one of those people that like, I sucked at PUBG. So when Fortnite was like announced that they were doing a battle Royal, um, this would have been, I guess like 2017 or something like that. I remember downloading it cause it was like, it was free. So like me and my friends all had had systems and pcs and stuff we were like we can just play this new free game and see if we're better because we keep getting killed in PUBG. let's just start playing fortnite and i still play it to this day me and my brother played duos you know we played the other night together you know so like i saw that you have a creator code for fortnite which by the way is and cosplay um with underscore i think is what yes know. also with underscore and cosplay with an underscore use her creator code which is awesome how did you even get a creator code that that's that struck my my eye seeing you had one of those. That's really cool. Oh my god, this is like a whole nother life story. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I got so into Fortnite like during uh, the beginning of COVID because like there was nothing else to do and I was like lived at home by myself and I started playing and my friends and I would play and like attend all the like 
live concerts and game together and we're like oh we're actually together but yes <laughs> when i started like actually cosplaying fortnite but at the time like everything was shut down there was no comic-con so like i was using tiktok a lot like a lot and those videos really took off like kids love fortnite but kids are also really mean <laughs> i got <laughs> bullied by so many kids on the internet but yeah, those videos really took off. Like my TikTok just like went through the roof and awesome. I was able to like actually apply for a creator code. So I was able to get that through them. And um, I've actually, since doing all those cosplays was able to do like some collaborations with Epic Games and Fortnite, like using cosplay. So it's really cool. Like cosplay really has just been a huge journey like through so many different like pieces, like pieces of media. That's so awesome. It's too bad because like you wouldn't be able to cosplay my my favorite character or my my skin that I've used for a really long time. Now I switched it around a little bit. I, I use my I'm a I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, so I do like the Viking skin pretty often. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the sports skins. <laughs> exactly. So I use that, but I'm a long time user of the uh, the Dark Voyager. That's always been my. Oh guy. yeah, that's a good one. I yeah, love <laughs> but it's that's kind of a tough cosplay because it's like it's just like a black astronaut like no one would like yeah. know it's you or be able to see like you know i feel like it, there wouldn't be too much of like a challenge in it but actually i've got a few little fortnite things back here like <laughs> like uh, like ninja like when he put out his merch and yeah i had a the same ninja figure up here. <laughs> really it was so cool when i see streamers i saw like him summit dr disrespect all those guys like got these their own little like funko mm -hmm. pop style vinyls and stuff like is that something you would want one day being a cosplayer? Like if someone has someone ever made you like any kind of merchandise? Um, when I was having the big like Fortnite TikTok like surge, <laughs> there were it was definitely like a lot of kids that were drawn to that, like of course, and they drew a lot of like art of me like as my cosplay, and like it was it was really wholesome. Oh. <laughs> Awesome. They, that not all kids are mean yeah they, not all the, the <laughs> i unfortunately i remember the like mean ones but <laughs> but that, you remember you just remember it happening you're like you remember them. like you remember their screen names you like you like you got <laughs> it like know. locked in the chamber okay <laughs> yeah i got them like lit and written down on a list <laughs> like, <laughs> no it was that was a weird time but like in a in a good way it was a really good way to spend like the quarantine era <laughs> yes what are your thoughts on you mentioned you're a Star Wars fan? I I can I'm fine with Star Wars. I, I know I know enough about it. But what are your thoughts on the new Star Wars? The 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 most recent three. Oh, the most okay. So the movie yes. Star Wars. Um, yes. I was like pretty torn. Um, at the time, I was just so hyped because like I love Star Wars and was so excited for like more content. But like now in hindsight, I I've kind of gotten like. I guess like burnt out on a lot of Star Wars stuff. Same with Marvel too. Like I feel really bad saying it, but it's just been like so so much content that I like can't even keep up. I'm like, I haven't even watched the Andor show, the newest one, which was like a spinoff of Rogue One. I haven't even watched it because I'm like, I got I got wrestling to watch every night. <laughs> well, circling back, circling back to wrestling. Um, if anybody, yes, uh, if anybody checks out your Twitter, fan of The Miz, which I love, uh, I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> of the ring work, but The Miz on the microphone, he's, mm -hmm. he's terrific in WWE. Uh, Butcher, Blade, and Bunny, you're wearing the shirt yeah. for, for people that can't tell. Like yes. a, a good mix there, Miz, Butcher, Blade, Bunny. Like, what about <laughs> these people uh, draws you to them? 
Yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> some of my favorite wrestlers, especially like on the AEW side, I've realized are like because I like love their YouTube content or I follow them on Twitch. Like Ethan Page was like my first favorite AEW wrestler because of his YouTube channel. And that's like why I started watching AEW. Um, I love Kip Sabian because I follow his Twitch. Same with uh, Penelope Ford. Like they're so cool um otherwise i don't know i my tastes are just like they look cool they have bitchin music um they're funny online <laughs> those are some of the requirements but yeah i'm i'm all over the place with people i just kind of like gravitate towards random <laughs> wrestlers that's really cool. I've, I've got, I'm like carrot top on this episode. I got props ready to go. So like this, this, the hat's dirty. Don't judge. I've literally had this since this had to have been like 2000. Jeremy, you might know when, when was the Miz on real world road rules challenge back in the day? Oh, that was yeah. Miz, I think. yeah. This, this was his first merchandise he ever put out. I bought it off of his website. It was like, be good, be mad, but it was like, be good, be bad, be Miz.com or something That's like so that. Yeah, yeah. That was like early 2000s. I only know because I was like, just talking about this with my friends because they were like what season do you think it was and that was like like one or like two or three maybe and it ended up being like season 10 of real world which yeah is like, back to new york was the season <laughs> that he was on and that was like when he kind of like he he became basically people don't know the miz started as like his alter ego he just get really drunk on the show and just started yeah. like it just started like yeah exactly it just started like like drop kicking trash cans and stuff carry around like a <laughs> like a cardboard wwf kids title and stuff and like and but what he was so what was so cool is like he marketed himself he started putting out merchandise he took the money that he want he went he went into the challenges and when it was like real world versus road rules and he would he'd take the money he'd win in that take it put himself through wrestling school at upw and then like got his like so he actually just used the whole MTV thing, but his end goal was always to be in the WWE, which is like incredible that he actually accomplished that. So like, it's no matter how people feel about him, you always got to respect that he, he actually achieved his, achieved his dream. Like you gotta always, always respect that. I feel yeah. Like. There's really like, as far as a person, there's like nothing to hate. And like, yeah, before I even watch wrestling, like I watched real world. I remember like, uh, why my mom watched it i have no idea but she like loved like biz and missus <laughs> so i remember watching like the early seasons of that i'm like i don't know i feel like i grew up watching him so i just like i have an attachment miss <laughs> and missus wholesome reality show i love it my trash sense. reality show <laughs> yeah but that that is such a just a wholesome reality show they it's seem so like good. such a such a great couple yeah, so. i love them Miz is great. He's hosting WrestleMania this year. He's dropping Taylor Swift references on Raw too. I always appreciate that uh, as a big Swifty. So I uh, Butcher and Blade, and then you mentioned the Bunny, Ethan Page. The vlogs is something that I know a lot of people are attracted to to AEW because of that because we're all online here and we, we see that and it helps like almost you relate to these people just by watching their vlogs is that what you find like when you watch like ethan page just go on a toy hunt it's like oh he's kind of a kind of a <laughs> nerd like me in doing all of this stuff like this this is really cool we have similar interests he's not just big professional wrestling star ethan page mm -hmm. he likes to go around and just collect a bunch of toys like i like to do yeah for sure i definitely 
it definitely makes me more attached because like I think he's also just like hilarious like on AEW but otherwise I would have no idea that he's just like a huge weird dude in like the most loving way but like <laughs> I, I love it and then like everybody else who's been on his show like I'm such a fan of Dark Order now because like all those guys are so cool and like it's just very wholesome like I feel like you have your favorite wrestlers and you also have like your comfort wrestlers and like all those guys are like like comfort wrestlers <laughs> Yeah, it's always funny seeing guys like Hook, like hanging out with them. Guys who like don't connect, yeah. like seeing how they like react to the whole thing. Um, yeah, I've always, uh, I've I've always been a big fan of Ethan as well. Like I I think he does a really good job, and he also um, like kind of when he started kind of getting bigger in the vlog scene, he also had been doing like this big weight loss journey. And I know he he picked up a lot of fans throughout that as well, which was uh it was really cool to seeing his whole transformation like physically and then into just like embracing this like nerd collector inside of him and turn that into like this successful side hustle on, on YouTube and everything. Very, very cool. What other uh, comfort wrestlers do you have? Uh, Dan Housen, of course. He's got That's all the same crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like all in the same like squad. Um, I'm trying to think who else would be like those guys for sure. Orange Cassidy's up there too. Um those are, yeah, definitely just like everybody through that whole vlog scene for sure. Orange Cassidy, the the absolute, he's the greatest wrestler in the world. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. The gimmick, everything, it's so fantastic. Um, I was going back to your your Twitter, the Charlotte Flair robe that you were mm -hmm. working on. Looks like it's another one that, that took forever to do or is taking forever to do. How much effort is, is in work is going into that and how how is that? Uh, just kind of coming along and everything that goes into the the robe that you're putting together to uh, inspired by Charlotte Flair. <laughs> it's it's been a a journey. I know I was saying earlier that like I keep everything keeps going wrong on it, which like sometimes that just happens. Like it doesn't go smoothly. But um, I had this pattern already for like that kind of robe shape. So I was like, all right, we could do this. I think I jinxed myself because I was like, there's no way this could be harder than like my Cody Rhodes jacket. And like, turns out <laughs> it's, it's been way more difficult. Uh, but I, I've actually wanted to do this cosplay since like I started watching wrestling because she was probably like my first favorite just because I didn't really realize at the time that I was like, oh, women, like, they could be badass and, like, do all this cool stuff in the ring. Like, that's so cool. So I was really drawn to that. And obviously, like, the designs are just, like, so beautiful and flashy and I'm all about it. But, yeah, I have, like, a, a due date for it for C2E2 next month. So I'm starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> but I'm going to get it done. See, you know, and for what it's worth, you know, if, if, you, if someone asked me, hey, Steven, who's your favorite male wrestler in the WWE, I'd say Cody Rhodes. And if someone said, who's your favorite female wrestler in the WWE, I'd say Charlotte Flair. And there's a lot of similarities between the two. Um, and that makes a lot of sense to me that I like, cause like, I, I, I think there's, there's a lot of overlap there. I feel like with like the designs are obviously much different, but like, it's like big, like uh, elaborate robe style stuff. Both have like the bleach blonde hair, um, you know, like, so it's like, yeah, I can, you have you have a type it feels like which i do as well oh, yeah. so I, I get it. <laughs> yeah i definitely feel like i'm like getting a brand of wrestler and then like stuff that i'm drawn to like making i totally have a type because it's like it's cool jackets anything that's sparkly and like very dramatic so, yeah the robe the coat like i know we keep talking about the miz but i would like love to make one of his jackets because i think those are so cool and like anything any a cool jacket 
I'm here for it. <laughs> you got to do any, the, uh, any... the, the, the spinning point if you do the Miz. Like, oh, yeah. I love, yeah. That. I love that move. <laughs> and the beyond and everything. <laughs> How do you feel when you see different wrestlers doing doing cosplay? Jade Cargill, I think, does an excellent job oh, yeah. with the stuff that she does. Uh, Zelina Vega is always mm -hmm. doing different stuff. Uh, the the New Day always, always paying homage to its comic books and things like that. Like, how do you feel when you see a wrestler like, oh, look at look at them? They they're doing it's, this as well. It's really cool because I I I always knew there was like crossover between like nerd culture and wrestling and like that cosplay world. Um, and I remember when my friends, the, the WrestleMania wedding friends were trying to get me into watching it before I just like found it on my own. They were like, like all these wrestlers are cosplayers. Like it's basically like the same thing. I was talking to one of my like cosplay friends who was saying that they were at Dragon Con, which is like a huge party con in Atlanta and New Day is like always there as just like regular attendees and he was saying that he was like yeah i was just like talking to like these guys had no idea and then it turned out that it was just like the new day <laughs> so like it's so cool to see that i know xavier woods like requests time off of wwe to like attend these uh different comic-con adventures <laughs> yeah. and so i know when the golden girls were doing theirs i mean I think that might have got shut down due to covid uh he was like nope gotta get this time off yeah dragon con they're they're definitely <laughs> big into to go into that like they just were like yep doesn't matter what we're supposed to do this weekend. We are going to these conventions. Uh, and there's a lot, you know, they have their, their up, up, down, down channel. And mm -hmm. I kind of think that's a market that's not tapped into enough, at least on yeah. television, uh, when it comes to, to wrestling, just in general, people, people like us who are hardcore into it and follow it and see all this, we see it online, but like on TV, you don't always see it and know how like deep they are into this kind of culture. Yeah, that's like, I think that's why I just get so drawn to wrestlers when they have like the vlogs like that. And I know they're like out there going to conventions because if they like that didn't exist, I'd have no idea like what some of these people were like outside of the ring. Uh, but yeah, I very much like love to see it. Like, yeah, Zelina, when she came out at the Rumble, I was like, no, it's so sick. <laughs> like, and it also like makes me hope too that like one day there would be like more wrestling um, that kind of gets ingrained in these Comic Cons because right now it's sort of like like C2E2 is one that brings in some wrestlers. They have some panels, but there's like so many huge Comic Cons and entertainment expos that aren't really like tapping into the like wrestling fandom, I feel like. So I really hope one day we'll get to have some more like that. Have you ever been to Dragon Con in Atlanta? No, I had tickets the year of like COVID blew up. So that mm. kind of kind of fell through. That's that's the bucket list one though. Gotcha. I so I I live in Atlanta actually. I I haven't I haven't gone, but like it's a it's honestly it's more so recently just been like a timing thing where I haven't been able to, but like I have friends that aren't even I wouldn't even consider to be like nerd friends that go because they're just like dude it's crazy down there like it's just yeah, fun walking around crazy. and seeing what's going on yeah um and speaking of like the crossover and the misses there with, with some of the stuff i totally agree um and i, I especially thought a couple years ago or even like i, I guess a handful of years ago now i really thought it was a giant miss that the wwe wasn't getting more involved with the Fortnite twitch streaming mm -hmm. kind of like ninja and, and tifu and like all those kind of guys like they were so huge with like the kid audiences that that were we were promoting a pg show for the wwe like it was like it was right there i felt like mm -hmm. um but yeah you're you're right i 
there, there isn't, there, there's a ton of crossover in those markets and they probably don't do a good enough job uh, promoting all that crossover. I think that's a really good point to bring up because I really feel like mo like most of these Comic-Con type scenarios, there's a, a giant percentage has got to be wrestling fans. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, and that was proven to me, like just by wearing that cosplay for the first time, it was like, I almost didn't know like how well it would be received. Cause I just, I didn't know, but like, it turns out I'm like, Jesus, everybody's like a wrestling <laughs> fan here. Like what, what are we doing? Like, we need to like bring this in a little bit more, especially, um, I know I keep talking about C2E2, but it's like on my mind, it's coming up in a month, but it's actually the same weekend as WrestleMania, which is a little bit of a bummer. Cause we know we're not going to get like big wrestling guests but it seems like it's an opportunity to have more like panels for like fans to me even just like discuss what's going on like theories and everything like that but um they really aren't doing much of that which is really unfortunate it's totally totally a miss on that Dude, does anyone sorry jerry just one, one more follow-up no, real good. quick has does anyone uh mistaken you for homelander <laughs> it did yeah that did happen and i just like lean into that because it's funny and i know it's an ongoing joke everywhere so. I, I i figure that's probably the same exact thing that happens to all the people that cosplay as the crow and people come up thinking they're sting it oh yeah happens all the time so yeah for sure and it doesn't help that i've also cosplayed homelander too so i'm like <laughs> I, I need to stop with this like red white and blue thing <laughs> you just gotta tear the nightmare logo patches off of your thing and then you're you're getting yeah. homelander <laughs> uh, I was going to say, is there any wrestler who you only have a uh, limited amount of time in the, the day to, to do stuff, but is there any wrestler who's like, oh, I would like to put together something from, from them? Um, the one that's like the two on the top of my list because they're cool jackets is Jamie Hayter because I love everything and love her. And I really want to do like make Kip Sabian's coat because I figured out the same lady that like made Cody's gear also made that one. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense why I want to make it. I love like cool coats and I would love to work on that. It's like I have all the materials like saved and I really want to do it. <laughs> uh, the Kip Sabian with, with his, his jacket. Has any wrestler like noticed any any of your your cosplay stuff and be like hey this is this is really awesome um cody did comment on twitter on my stuff which was really cool and i look at that comment a lot when i'm having a bad day <laughs> and oh, then th this is steven jensen's dream right here to get acknowledged by cody rhodes i mean he likes my tweets every now and then but we don't like have deep conversations unfortunately <laughs> Some, no. someone someone watching this right now should clip her saying that though, because there's a there's a very good chance he'll see her her response just then, and that it, I'm sure he would like to know that when she's having a bad day, it, you know, the tweet helps out. Yeah. He's out there, he's out there helping the kids, helping the adults, helping ever yeah, do the work. You know, believe in yourself. I get oh, it yeah, for sure. Like anytime I'm like really struggling with anything, I'm like, Cody wrestled hell in a cell with a torn pack. I can get through anything. <laughs> like that's my my motto. <laughs> have have you it's it's totally fine if you don't want to throw this out there um because i could understand why you might not want to but have you have you ever like said how expensive some of these things are like like what like the, what you would like value and I, once again i get like if you don't want to say if you know someone run up and you know, try to grab it from you or something you know, I, no, you know, but like um yeah is there is there kind of a ballpark number that you want to you could give for like some of the stuff you've done 
Um, God, it's all over the board on stuff. And honestly, I'm terrible with budgeting because I know a healthy cosplay thing to do is to actually price out everything and keep a running list. But I just go out. I'm like, this isn't working. I need to buy something new. And I just do it. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think how much I probably put into that. But really, it's just like it's hard to price things because like when you spend that many hours on something and if you figure like you know minimum wage per hour you sure. work on it that just like changes everything but i've made stuff for like like full like foam armor looks for like maybe 30 bucks just using like cheap materials like i try to be really resourceful because you know i'm just like doing this for fun on the side so i'm like always thrifting i'm like just using like strange materials but it, it really is all over the place it could be from like 200 to like 600 spent on something like it's it's all over that's awesome do you think cody is going to beat roman reigns at wrestlemania 39 i have so many like deep thoughts about this all the time I oh share them share them yes please i don't have deep thoughts I, I'm such a big like bloodline fan now, like, oh my God. And like, I'm going to cry no matter what the outcome is. Because <laughs> like all I've ever known is like Roman being like the champ and like, it's going to be weird, but I don't know. I, I feel like, yes, because I know like Roman's kind of like getting away from the wrestling thing a little bit more. So it seems like this is a time. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I don't know. <laughs> It's just going to be weird. <laughs> That's a really unique perspective to have too. Like I almost wish I was in your boat, in your shoe. Like me and Jeremy are here, you know, 30 plus year wrestling fans. And like, I would, I'd be, that'd be super interested to be in your shoes. Like Roman Reigns, only champion you've ever known. Like who's going to take him down. You've seen all these people kind of come and go over the last few years. Cody comes into the company last year. And now one year later, like it looks like he could be the guy. Um, and he's your favorite wrestler and you're also a big roman fan it sounds like so like this mm -hmm. yeah you gotta be you gotta be pumped for wrestlemania <laughs> i'm so excited like no matter what yeah i'm just gonna be sobbing so <laughs> it's gonna be a well good listen cody's gonna win the title it's gonna be awesome <laughs> we're all gonna rejoice um yeah and i do by the way i really do want to hear that uh that that song that that you're putting together um oh yeah the wedding. I, I think that I don't know if that's something we'd be able to like play on the show or not. I don't know how like copyright would work, but like I'd love for people to hear that too. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss it and make sure we can get that. <laughs> yeah, <over. laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, last one for me. What is the coolest thing in your room? You ask everybody. You can go up and get it. I'm like looking around in here because the cooler <laughs> stuff is out in the other room um you can, go get, you can go get it from the other room it's okay yeah okay let me just like picture and like think what i want to grab um because we're all we have a whole like funko pop like display we have like the the display with the hell in a cell like piece of mat on it we got everything but nice um nice like the cody rhodes seth rollins hell in a cell piece yeah of mat? yeah oh, <laughs> wonderful yeah that's great have it. that's um, awesome I guess one of the cooler things, and I could go get it if I, it's like I'm not awkwardly running away for a minute, but um, one of like another cosplayer, she does like a lot of wrestling cosplay, so just kind of bonded through that. But she 
actually like drew a photo of me like in my Cody Rhodes like get up and everything and like mailed it to me and it's just like really precious and like sweet to my heart so that's probably Aww. my prized possession out there <laughs> I mean if you if you don't mind getting it you want to show it like we don't mind waiting for you but that's totally uh, totally up to you that's um, okay. I don't want to awkwardly leave you <laughs> okay well we can picture it may, maybe if you want to dm me a picture yeah, of it, I like, can just take a picture it. we'll uh, we'll put it a, we'll put a link to it in the description yeah, of the video if anyone wants to see it for sure for sure cool uh jensen anything else no i mean thank you very much for joining us today like this is uh this this is something where you know i obviously caught my attention with the cody rose cosplay i i started looking into your your twitter and saw the charlotte stuff and the the Fortnite stuff and um just fascinated by the whole uh because because i i think that there's a lot of people out there like you that are you know that are maybe not like you in this sense, but I think there's people out there that sometimes might be like too scared to like really like, you know, deep dive into their passion or maybe like be in public, you know, sticking out in public and stuff like that. And um, I think it's important for people to hear from people like you that are out there just like doing it and uh, really loving it. And, um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's just really cool. I think it's, I think it's a world that people should explore more. And I think there's a lot of crossover with the wrestling world, like we were saying. So mm -hmm. um, thank, thank you very much for joining us today. I actually learned a lot about like just cosplay and stuff and stuff in general. I really didn't know about. Yeah, that's great then. That that's makes me happy to hear. Cause yeah, I love talking about cosplay. I think anybody who's ever even thinking of doing it should try it. It's totally worth it. It's just such a great way to express yourself. Like, if I didn't do it, I probably would just like explode with all this like want to like get it out of my system. Well, thank you again uh, for joining us. Let everybody know where where they can find you at. Um, so my handle, well, on Twitter it's Ann Cosplay underscore, but on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, it's just Ann Cosplay. Fortnite creator code and cosplay underscore. Yep. Don't forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Everyone check out uh, Ashley's social media and cosplay underscore on Twitter. And there, there are links to the other social medias on there as well. But again, thank you for joining us. Best of luck to, to Cody Rhodes as everyone mm -hmm. he's uniting the world as he chases the, the championship here. And then thanks for sharing the, the story of him just, you know, liking that and how, how it, touched how, how it improves your day when, when you, you can go back and read it because i think those are important stories for for fans out there who just don't you know whether it's cody rhodes whether it's any wrestler i think it's an important mm -hmm. story of like man you know sometimes i'm a shitty day and this just this helps me out and mm -hmm. you know, thanks for sharing everything when it comes to all the cosplay stuff because like jensen i find it very fascinating so we really appreciate you joining us uh here today again follow ashley on twitter check out all her work all the hard work she's doing whether it's the cody rhodes robe or the charlotte flair robe or anything else she is doing at and cosplay underscore guys we'll be right back here on the we are back thank you again to ashley and cosplay for joining us on the creator spotlight again you can follow her on twitter uh and cosplay at and cosplay underscore go check out all the work she's done the video she posted of all the work that went into the the cody rhodes outfit ton of work went into that um so shout out to her she's she's doing awesome stuff in the world of cosplay and if you're in fortnite use her creator code Everyone, we will be back next week looking at the fallout from AEW Revolution, talking more WWE as they head into WrestleMania and covering everything else from the world of professional wrestling, including potentially New Japan, Impact, the independent scene, all of that. We'll have a new interview for everybody. 
as well. Until then, you can head over to Fightful Overbooked in about 30 minutes from now. Myself and SP3 will do our betting odds preview. Everyone can check that out and just go to Fightful Overbooked and check out all the cool stuff we are doing over there. Guys, thank you for, for joining us today. Come along on our watch along on Sunday evening for AEW Revolution. That'll be on Fightful Overbooked as well. Until next week, everybody, we will catch you all later on. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.